Rowena Dooley asking Seoul citizens to report for duty. Asking Seoul citizens to report for duty. And greetings, greetings, greetings. Welcome back to the Soul Citizens. I'm Griffin Gaming RPG. And welcome to another Sunday, February the 26th. I get my days together here. Six. Six, 26. <laughs> yeah, we're back again. And we've got a wonderful panel of guests joining myself and Fastcart, who is directly on my right. How are you, FC? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm warm. I got my heater and I'm stayed warm. It's cold noise there, so yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, you guys have been catching it on the East Coast this year. It has been dodging us in Chicago, the Midwest, and going straight to you guys, and we're happy to send it to you. So uh, enjoy Griffin, the cold. All I got to say, yeah, all I got to say, stop doing that. <laughs> we, we love to share the cold. Sharing is nope. giving. So no, some of it for my please. Well, you can have it. <laughs> Well, listen, we're welcoming back uh, some, some good friends of our show. Uh, we just recently had Digital Master, who's joining us today. He is he is rebranding himself. He has dropped his numbers, <laughs> made it real easy for us so we don't get zip codes and area codes in there. It's now officially Digital Master. How are you, man? Yes, I'm good. How about you? Good, good. You've been traveling the circuit, man. I, I think I saw you, know? you on Paul's show. And <laughs> yeah. Did you, yeah. Did you do Space Tomato yet? Did I? I, dis I was on Space yeah, Tomato, I'm saying, Yeah, I said, boy, oh, boy, this brother done popped up all over. I'm glad we got him when we got him. Man, I guess we could say Fast Cart, we got him when we knew him, right? Before he blew up and got famous, right? I know. I know. Yeah, I'm just grateful, man. All you, you all are just wonderful. So I appreciate you all. Thank you. Well, glad to have you back. Glad to have you back. And of course, we're, we're welcoming back an, a good old friend of ours, uh, well known in the community, Star Jump Grim. How are you, Grim? I'm doing good. Old, the operable word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 
appreciate you having me back. Um, you know, I always enjoy coming on here and talking spaceships. So. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, happy to have you. You know, it's funny you say that. There's three gray beards. I don't think D Digital Master is going gray yet. So he's he's the almost. one you got. It's almost oh, starting to come in. It's starting to come in. Okay, all right. A lot of wisdom in this room. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's the way to spin it. Well, listen, folks, we're here today to talk about the title of our show is Making Modularity. And, um, you know, uh, this idea of modularity is not new to Star Citizen. It has come up from the very early, early days. We're going to talk to you guys a little bit about that. Um, in fact, one of the, the first couple ships we're going to open up with is going to be talking about modularity and the stories behind them. Um, and there's always been this question about modularity in the sense of um, how practical it is in the game, how feasible it is in the game. Uh, and, and actually where Star Citizen wants to go with this idea of modularity. Um, a lot of us have bought ships and a lot of them are variants of ships that are supposed to be modular. Hey, Reload, thank you so much for that sub. I worked on our sound for an hour and a half today, Fast Cart, and it is gone again. It was here earlier. <laughs> I didn't hear it. <laughs> it was here earlier and now it's gone. I don't know what happened to it. So, all right, so Whammer still works. <laughs> I think it happened when you when you put the name that that that, that, uh, that left it up. <laughs> uh, it's so aggravating. I don't know what's going on with this audio trigger. Okay. Well, anyway, so uh, we're going to be talking about this aspect of the variance versus modularity too. So we've got a lot of ships to cover. In fact, there are a tremendous amount of ships that are going to be shown in this show. Maybe some of these ships you may not even know are considered ships that were modular in Star Citizen. But again, I want to share a little bit of history. One of the things before the show started too, I talked to the guys about was dealing with this idea of interior versus exterior uh, form and function. Uh, so Grim, since you were the last one I went to, I'm gonna go to you on this a little bit here. Um, your thoughts about you know some ships, like for example, the Galaxy, which just recently was announced, um, mm -hmm. having these, uh, these three modular bays. Uh, there's no real exterior definition there's nothing that would show somebody from the outside how that ship is configured right in the way the way it, the way they designed it right now not not to our knowledge now we know that the you know the refining module has some sort of access point going mm -hmm. through the floor to mm -hmm. be able to pull um you know the material up mm -hmm. but we that those doors still may be, you know, there on, on the other variants, maybe just don't open or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, obviously that's a big difference between internal and external um, configuration changes. There's some tech issues that go, with, go along with that. Mm -hmm. And hey, a lot of those tech issues. Oh, got a new subscription? Yeah, that was Whammer's talking there. Yeah, thank you, Will C. <laughs> thank you for that and reload. Go ahead. Yeah, just feel free to talk over Whammer. Yeah, don't pay attention to Whammer. He doesn't get his feelings <laughs> over here. <laughs> But, you know, some of the tech issues there are, I think, a lot of the stuff we're seeing them deal with and, and from what we know, solve with the whole C, which are, you know, physics grids changing and stuff. And, and you know, in, in regards to ships, things like, you know, their collision boxes and, and, and all the stuff that goes along with that, you know, reentry effects and all that with ships that are changing shape. Mm -hmm. We know they've been working on that for a long time. So mm -hmm. I think that's probably the biggest difference from a like tech standpoint. But um, yeah, I personally love seeing that reflected a little bit in the outside, the exterior, even if it is a fully interior module change. I love seeing you know, some reflection of that on the outside just to give you some sort of hint. Yeah. But I think through scanning, 
we may be able to pull some additional data in the future on what mm -hmm. type of galaxy or whatever that we're dealing with, yeah, you know? Yeah. DM, I'm going to digital master. I'm going to call you DM today so I can make it very sure. short. Um, yeah. I want to, come to kind of piggyback off of what Grim just said. You know, mm -hmm. as, as far as a, from a tactical standpoint, mm -hmm. um, are there benefits, right, uh, to a ship that doesn't necessarily show its insides per se, you know, when, it, in other words, you have to scan it, right? Maybe it's yeah. a cargo ship. You you might say, hey, I want to scan it because for piracy. But if it's, mm -hmm. a if it's a refining ship or a medical ship, maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe I'm not worrying about right. stopping that ship, right? So yeah. what do you think about that when ships kind of on the external kind of show their cards or show their hand to prospective people that might be looking to target it? Yeah, it's a, it's a tactical thing, you know, especially when you start to think about organizations and, you know, being strategic with your movements. Uh, that factors in like seconds and seconds will matter, you know, mm -hmm. as far as, uh, you know, when you're traveling with a lot of valuable cargo on board mm -hmm. and, you know, you may want that extra second guessing from the, you know, your would be attackers or what have you, so many different approaches to that. But, you know, for me, I don't think it matters so much to not have, you know, a different exterior, but at the end of the day, I personally think it would be a, a little cool addition, but, you know, I don't think there's any rule to that personally yeah, yeah yeah i think the biggest to go along with that i think the biggest um worry for me would be if a ship had an internal change that affected its like intention so like if let's say if one of the galaxy's modules was some sort of combat module that gave it a lot more ammunition and other mm. things you know whatever the case may be and you can't tell from the exterior if you're dealing with the up uh, galaxy versus yeah. the medical galaxy and mm, let's yeah. say you take it as a threat and target the medical galaxy <laughs> but that also may be cool gameplay i don't know but that's the only thing i could see being a little you know again yeah. that could be solved maybe through scanning mm -hmm. but just kind of an interesting thing to think about yeah FC, yeah. FC, you were around back in the day when we started getting quote unquote variants. Um, and there was a little bit of controversy about that because some people thought that certain ships were going to be modular. In fact, you know what, before you even answer that, let me, let me change to a graphic here. And guys, just so you all know, these are some of the ships we're going to be covering today. I know you can't read the small type, but just letting you know, that's how many ships right now in game, they've talked about some form of modularity with. The only ship that's on that list that I don't have down, I think, is the um, the Freelancer. I want to say it's the Durr, because I think there was supposed to be some weird stuff with the science package inside of that ship. That's the only ship I'm not covering, because I didn't have a lot of data on it. Um, and maybe the Javelin, I think. But the Javelin's kind of a, a big yeah, that's wild a big, card. Yeah, I was going to say, that's yeah. a big freaking question mark when it comes to that thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> let me let me jump to the very first ship that, that well, you know what? Um let me go to the first ship, and then when we get to the second ship, that's going to be the one that we really want to deal with when it comes to uh, the controversy fast card. So just bear with me for one second on that. No problem. Okay, we, we opened up talking about this before the show, guys, the F7. And I, I had the F7 down because I personally couldn't remember the complete stats on all the different F7s. Some of them have a certain level of quote-unquote modularity to them. For example, I think on the F7... A, if I'm remembering correctly, that center part behind the pilot area can be swapped out to be cargo. Now, Fastcart was sharing some stuff. He has a, a, a Super Hornet. Was it, was that the F7CM or is it the FC? What is that? 
Okay, see yeah. Okay, but the heart seeker is a variant, but I just want to go with the yeah, with that yeah. particular model. Now that right. has a level of modularity to it, right? Where something can be swapped out on that ship. Yeah, the the, the, the turret or the ball turret can be swapped out with a um the, I, 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 I forgot the name of it, but it, it comes with um two size three um gimbal weapon that, that the co that the co-pilot can, can can control behind you, but you can swap it out with a Oh shoot! I, I, I forgot the name of it, but it it it, it replaces the ball turret and becomes a fixed um size four weapon instead that the pilot can control. Mm -hmm. So instead of having um two gimbal um size three, you get one one fixed size four that the pilot controls. And I, it, and uh, in my opinion, it, it, it delivers more um more firepower that the pilot can can, can actually throw out. Okay, Grim, do you know if the F seven you know the F seven A is the uh, military version and then the F seven C is the civilian version? Do you know if that swappableness is the same between those two? Because the F seven A is like a rare ship in game, if I'm not mistaken, right? <clears throat> yeah, to my knowledge, the only thing I specifically remember about that is that the was it the F seven CM, the Super Hornet, the, the two seater one, mm -hmm. is the closest you can get. Um, to the military loadout in the, in the civilian airframe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like the big key point I remember. I don't think it's a one-to-one -one thing, but I think it's the closest you can get. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the only thing I really remember. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 again, if I'm remembering correctly, the F7A did go on sale but it's only it's very rare in the game if i'm remembering correctly right it's not like i don't think it was the f7a i think it was like a skin for the f7a and it was a veteran day for one time right if, if i'm yeah. correct okay that's yeah, what it was. okay it was a skin yeah. okay okay yeah. gotcha gotcha <clears throat> okay the a has two s4 s2 s3s and two s2 sc's the m has okay okay thank you ender thank you okay great mm -hmm. okay yeah. so and the reason why we're showing this ship is, is these are the earliest ships that came into the game uh, that, that, that dealt with this first beginning idea of modularity. Now, right now we're just talking about a weapon swap. This is a little bit different than when we're talking about the regular gimbals and lasers versus ballistics. There's an actual huge, as you know, in the center rear part of the ship that physically changes out for this turret area, okay? So we're gonna go from this one to the other early ship. And this is the one that I was gonna ask Fastcard about earlier, and it's the Aegis Avenger. Um, a lot of you all will remember when the Avenger first came out, um, this is what the Avenger looked like inside. It had these uh, jail cells in it. I think there were six all together. Um, and when you, actually that's not the original version because the original version has orange ones if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but anyway, um, when this ship went on sale, uh, it was a, there were some other package items that came with it. You got some uh, a stun baton, you got some handcuffs, and then there was this thing about it being modular, that they were gonna make this ship modular. And everybody was waiting on that modularity fast card, and what happened? <laughs> what happened? They became variants and bad, <laughs> because, you know, evidently variants were easier to make, easier to make a variant of a ship than to make all the features and mechanical stuff for it to be modular, so yeah. So, I mean, DM and, and Jump mm -hmm. Grim, either one of you guys want to answer this. I mean, do you feel that it was better for CIG to make those variants in order to work out the features? Or would it have been better to just leave this shit the way it was until modularity came in? I'm using, for example, the Retaliator, which we'll talk about later. 
which also mm-hmm. has variants, but they never did expand on variants of that. They just put the bomber version yeah. and have left it alone. But to Fast yeah. Card's point, they have put in these other areas where now you've got the Titan, which we see on screen now for cargo. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Warlock, uh, which is for the EMP. So we yeah. got some thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, if I, you don't want me going first real quick. Uh, uh-huh. the, the first thing that I thought about, because I forgot what episode, and I don't remember if it was an ISC or an SEO, but um, at the time, I think it was a different, going by a different name anyway. But they talked about it briefly. Um, speaking specific, I think, um, uh, Grim, you mentioned it a moment ago. It's the technology behind it, because you got the containers, right, uh, within each of these ships. When you physically move from space to within the ship, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, oxygen or what have you would change it's just the container itself, period, right? Just mm-hmm. from a technolo- technological standpoint. But even going, like, think about going forward, too. They're bringing in resource management. I tr- and now imagine them, you know, not doing the groundwork for the technology first before making the ships. I think that's what problem they ran into. They, I think they stepped out too yeah. quick talking about modularity and then realize, uh, oh, wait a minute, we have to, there's so much technology that we got to get right before we start introducing this concept into the game. Mm. And I think that's what happened to them personally. Mm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's a fantastic point because when you start looking at a lot of these things, you start thinking about, you know, we've heard CIG talk about how they've started factoring in how much power a coffee maker will take on an outpost. I'm of the <laughs> understanding that the resource management will affect power requirements for the ship. And then you have to start act, you know, asking yourself, well, does an empty cargo space take as much power as a medical suite to run? Technically, they shouldn't. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. One thing I will mention about this, though, and, and I know Ender's in chat, and he's heard me rant about this uh, a bit on my own. This is my one criticism, I think, uh, on CIG's approach with this. Um, I think if... If some if the role of the ship is fundamentally changing, then it really should be um, uh, like. Well, actually, let me let me step back. If it's just a loadout change, like a weapon change, um, I think it should not be a variant. It should be a loadout change. Um, and the one example they do this uh, with that really bothers me is the Talon, which is not a modular ship, but it's a variant, and it's only a weapon change. And there's no way that a manufacturer would build a ship with missile hard points, but then not missile hard. Like it would, you know, that's just not how manufacturing works. So, I've always looked at the talent is the wrong way to do it which is concerning because it's a newer ship but i look back but grim but grim this is not 100 years in the future they do things differently then (laughs) no i know apparently but i actually look at the avenger as the right way to do um you know to do modularity but also it doesn't necessarily bother me that they're variants like i i never looked at it as something that like was a ball they dropped i think this could go forward it's just a legacy thing I think in the future, though, going forward with what uh, DM said about resource management and the fact that we know they're finally getting into persistent entity streaming and persistence in that regard, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to start to see them redefine modularity a little bit. And um, and, and, and so it's going to be interesting, I think, over the next maybe 18 months to see how they redefine that, because I think PES is going to play hey, a big role in that. for the subscription. Yeah, I, I'm curious, too. Um, and this is a predicament question I put to the panel before the show as well. And that is, since CIG has put out these three variants of the Avenger, will they 
at some point still make it mod modular. Um, and if they did, uh, let's say they said $15 for a jail sale. Now I went and bought mm. three, three Avengers, right? Cause I like the Avenger and I wanted all that modularity. I've spent 150 bucks. Uh, but if I had waited, I'd only have to pay 30 bucks and get all my modules. I mean, is that going to be a problem or, or am I going to feel satisfied? Am I going to say, Hey, I've got three full size ships though. And I can place them in different places of the universe, you know, versus dealing with the modules. I mean, I, how would you, how do you guys feel about that? Do you think, or do you think they'll just leave it as variants and that's it? For me, I, I wouldn't pay $30 for a module, but not, not for an Avenger. Like I, I paid like, you know, 125 for, for the Endeavor, but that's, you know, way bigger than, than, than the Avenger. I would I would personally wait until, until it, 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 you can purchase them in game. That, but that's me for the Avenger, but you know, that's something totally different. Plus a different, different um, play style than, than, than what I'm going to deal with. Okay. Yeah, I think if if they were if they were going to kind of switch it, like get them off the variant line, then mm -hmm. the only way they could, from a past customer service standpoint, they just need to give everyone who owns any Avenger all <laughs> modules <laughs> and then just start fresh. That, that would do know. it, right? It doesn't cost them nothing. It is a done deal. The master kit. The master kit. No, I I think that would be the fix. I agree 100. percent Nobody's going to be I, mad about that, right? <laughs> I agree 100 yep. Yeah, I was going to say something similar because it's like, that's a problem I think that they run into already with certain things is like, because, you, you know, you'll hear some people, and I know this, that's a very subjective thing, uh, but some people will have a big problem when, you know, a specific, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but um, just the older backers, I'll call them. You know, when when certain new things get and it's like it's like you're stepping on, you know, some of the things yeah. they've said and done in the past, and it's like that's yeah. creating some frustration. Yeah. So I would, I am firmly on board with Grim when he said, "Yeah, let's just, just give them out. Do that. Just give them out to the people that have them already." Um, you know, you may get some new people complaining about that one, but you know, can't but, but you know what you said is do you realistically see CID doing that? Yes, so yes, you know why? I, I, yes, you know why? Because it'll make everybody happy. Because yeah. if, if, if I was willing to buy this ship seven years ago, based upon the, the, the idea at the time of modularity, and if you let somebody who just came in the game, they buy their Avenger for the first time, and the most they have to spend is $90 to have every module for that ship. But I had to pay 150 bucks or 160 bucks to do the same, no, actually it's more than that, 200 mm -hmm. bucks. It cost them nothing to give out a virtual item. It, it cost them absolutely yeah. nothing. And, and everybody's happy. The new people are happy, and the people who were willing to invest the money or back the money to back the project for eight, nine years before it came in, they're happy too. So I think yeah. it would yeah, be- Yeah, but I, the investors will not be happy. They want, to, they want the idea to make as much money as they, as they can, so yeah. yeah. But you know what, but you know what? Let, me, let me tell you about making money though. Here's the deal. It's just like when you go, wow, Reload, thank you so much for thank those you, gift subs. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Reload. Thank you, thank, thank you. Let me, let me give you a, a good hey, thing about customer service. There's a reason why when something goes wrong at the airline, they give you a free ticket to fly anywhere you want to. There's a reason yeah. why they do that. Because bad press, all you got to do is have yeah. those people go home and tell all their family members how United sucks, don't ever fly them again. Yeah. And it wasn't worth Stop that flash. one ticket. It wasn't worth that one <laughs> ticket. So it's better for True. them to do that. Yeah. It don't cost them nothing to put out virtual items 
then to have a whole bunch of people saying, yeah, we yeah. got screwed. Look, we backed this thing 10 years ago, and they said they were going to give us yeah. modularity. You know, you know where it'll go. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. and to be fair, I will say I don't think they will ever do that. And the reason yeah. I don't, and, and Starlet, um, you know, one of the members of Starjump reminds me a lot with our Fleet Viewer project and how we arrange ships on there, is that a lot of things are based off it's if, if it's an actual skew that, mm. um, that is – that CIG tracks as a as a you know a product, right. and I I think for them to go back and mess up that table, oh, you're yeah. talking pledges, you're talking people, yeah. you know credit things. I, I don't so I don't think they'll ever change it. I think what they'll just do is take lessons moving forward. Mm-hmm. Although I wish they would change it, <laughs> um, but I, I I really do think this question brings up something that I would love for Jared to ask. John Crew and some of the other heads of ships, you know, involved in ship development. It'd be a great question is like, you know, what is the current definition of modularity based off the past in terms of like how they choose which ships get it? Because it's obviously that's evolved over time. And I think it will evolve some more. And that's okay. I think it's naturally going to evolve. But it'd be interesting to hear like now that we're getting close to modularity, like where did they see that factoring in? Are we going to see more, you know, would, if, if the Talon was released next year, the, or yeah, the, the Talon, would it have been two variants or would that have made sense to be a modular weapon swap? Mm. Like where mm. where that line is, I think that'd be a great question to, to ask yeah. moving forward. Yeah, it's a fair question. I think it's a good yeah. question. Because well. you could ask the same question of like the Ares. Again, when that was originally pledged, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's a gun swap. And what's funny yeah. is if you even no, go to Crusaders, gun and color, color true, different too. True. But if you go to Crusader's showroom, um, where the ships are at, they actually show a starfighter with no weapon loadout. It's just yeah. got a blank spot there, and it's just called Airy Starfighter. It's a graphic, right. but I always thought that was interesting because it's yeah. it, again, it it's just. I get, I, I'm sure it's an internal marketing decision, but it would be right. interesting to know a little bit more how that decision is made, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, that's a very good point. What? The Aries, the, the Aries could have been a single ship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah, could have. Could have. Yeah. Okay. Now CIG may say what I think they'll say on something like that, not to diverge too much, but is that it's like, well, the, the you know, the Inferno has a whole you know, ammo compartment inside of it that the ion doesn't have and the ion has bigger. So again, if it affects components, I'm okay with it being a variant, but it's so ill-defined right now, you know, like does the Aries truly have different? I mean, plus, if it was modular, they probably charge like $200, $250 for the Aries now, but they probably charge $200 for the ship itself and $50 for the weapon, I'm guessing. Yeah, because... Because the whole thing too, I, I personally feel ships and modules are going to be a drop in the butt bucket to how they could truly monetize this game when they get really deep into microtransactions, hopefully in the future. Mm-hmm. That's where they're going to make tons of money yeah, because yeah. people will shell out $5 for a set of concierge coffee mugs for their digital hab inside, you know, Art Corp. They, they will versus $200 a year, $500 here for yeah. ship stuff. You know, microtransactions are the future for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's go on to our next ship, the Drake Caterpillar. Um, different aspects of modularity here, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, as many of you all know, the command module on this ship separates from the uh, the freight cargo side of it or 
uh, modular side of it. I could actually say that uh, that could be you could leave your uh, the the modular part in space, or you could leave it on the, on a moon surface or planet surface, and you could use the uh, the command module as a shuttle or as escape route if necessary. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple different variants of how this looks. As you guys know, there's a cutaway that has its own uh, sleeping area in it, command area inside of it. So it could it's kind of like a little standalone ship when you really look at it when you're inside mm-hmm. this. Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But here I mean, it's like a cutter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. It, it, that's interesting that you would mention that. It kind of does kind of remind me of the cutter inside. Now that you say that, um, mm-hmm. but here's the thing that has raised a lot of questions, right? Um, this is one of those ships that modular, when we first started hearing about modularity way back when, when the Caterpillar came out about the fact that those different cargo bays could be swapped out for different things. Now, later on, we're going to get into some of those, uh, that people have suggested and what CIG has talked about, but, uh, DM, I'll start with you on this one. Are you familiar with some of the ideas that people talked about with the Caterpillar back in the day, or is that something kind of new to you? Well, it, I, I, I'm going to be part of the minority here. Okay. Um, I've never been a fan of the Caterpillar, okay. so I've never given much thought to it. Okay, that, that's fine. That's fine. Fast Cart, what yeah. about you? Yeah, I mean, I thought about the Caterpillar, but uh, I didn't like the look of it, so I went with the, I, I would prefer a hole over the Caterpillar or a, um, or a Taurus over the Caterpillar. I know it's not the same um, cargo space, but I mean, and then, you know, BMM, so, hey. Oh, uh, boy. Okay. Grim, it's on me <laughs> hey, and you. Can I go in episode without saying BMM with these ones? Okay. It's on me and you, Grim. Grim, can you talk a little bit about the modularity ideas for this show? Well, Turns out I have a lot of thoughts on the Caterpillar. It's a <laughs> ship I think about quite often. Um, so there's three things about the Caterpillar to me that tr- that a lot of people don't think about that make it extremely unique within all the Star Citizen ships. Mm-hmm. The first one is, is it's exactly the same as the Endeavor. They are the same ship technically. Mm-hmm. And that's through a variety of tech things. Um, they're both modular ships. Mm-hmm. They are also the only two ships, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, that, and this is important, I think, when you're talking about game balance and role, they're the only two ships that can do a variety of mixing and matching with modules. Mm-hmm. So where the Galaxy is either a refining ship or a medical mm-hmm. ship, mm-hmm. you can point. mix and match modules with these two ships. Mm-hmm. They also are the, um, both of these ships have, are require ship-to-ship docking tech. They mm-hmm. both technically have shuttles that they disconnect from. Mm-hmm. So it, I've always thought about mm-hmm. the Caterpillar that way, is that it's really no different than the Endeavor. It's just a smaller Endeavor. Mm-hmm. Except now, yes, one, one is brave and the other one is gross. Well, you know, so... <laughs> so, you know, the Caterpillar is, I, I, it's kind of funny. I think it's a really interesting ship to, for it to be even be in the game at this stage. The fact that it is in its cargo place is, is really interesting. But, you know, if you go back and watch the... Um, <laughs> The you're video getting, they you're getting a lot out. of hate. You're getting a lot of hate in chat right now. Once you know that grim, hey, it is poor it, man's I, endeavor. I, 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 poor man's hey, endeavor. Not just here. Not just chat. Me too. Okay, like oh, I'm gonna say two, I'll say two things about that. We talking about Willis. One, I just meant from a tech perspective, it's the same. Two, I am on Drake's payroll. I'm a huge. Oh, fan. now we get I'm, it. I'm sorry. Now we get it. <laughs> Uh, oh, God. All my Star Jump people like VMXCO and Ender and stuff <laughs> in chat know I am on Drake's payroll. Uh, but regard, it, but it, it uses all the same tech stuff. So, mm. But when you go back and look at the, the Caterpillar 
video. It was like a ship shape or around the verse or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And they go through all the modules uh, or through a lot of modules and they have them kind of really rough white box uh, kind of built and they sort of show you all of them. I mean, the Caterpillar is one of those ships that could truly be your own. Like, it, you could have 10 different Caterpillars. If they stick with their modularity scheme with it, mm -hmm. you could have 10 different Caterpillars, and none of them would be the same. That is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think the same thing about the, about the, um, the Endeavor, you know what I mean, is that it's a whole other level of modularity beyond, like, the Galaxy and stuff because it changes – you never know how people are going to put modules together that give them a benefit maybe that we don't and CIG just doesn't know about yet. And we won't know about till some of that stuff's combined. And that's mm -hmm. kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's a big, to me, I think that's a big thing that I hope CIG gets right. Allowing us to customize, not just our own ships, but pretty much everything to yeah. be as unique as possible. And I think that's a very good point you bring up, Graham. And it, it, if they can do that, and of course they're gonna get more creative with the other ships, because you, you make a great point with the Endeavor and the Caterpillar. You're right, you, you can get 10 and probably each one is different, very different. Yeah, very different and, and, ships. and you know, it, it. they mentioned something in that Caterpillar video, it was very briefly, I forget what it was in context to, but you know, I brought this up to other people too, and I get pushback on it a lot of times, but I truly hope that in the future that does apply to all ships, uh, DM, in the way that like, now I don't think a tier one or two bed should be able to do this, but like a tier three medical bed, like the kind you'd find in like the Cuddy Red or something. Mm -hmm. I personally think if your ship has the cargo grids available for it, you should be able to put it in there. Mm -hmm. And as long as you have the cargo grids and the power supply to power right, to it you know what i mean obviously it would pull from your resources and in that regard i guess it's sort of modularity but it's also more just like how you're outfitting the inside of your ship yeah. that truly would make any ship you come across a bit of an unknown in terms of what you're dealing with you could turn a carrick into a mobile hospital you know or whatever yeah. um that's interesting to me so. let me let me throw a question out to you because you just raised a point I mean, i'm not throwing any shade I, but I, I, but I am mentioning something that I know people talked about when Starfield came out mm -hmm. and we watched the presentation for it. One of the things that people got excited about was they talked about being able to quote unquote, customize your ship, that it was modular. Um, and it seemed like that was kind of more like a quick hot swap kind of thing, you know, just swap things out, blah, blah, blah. But Grim, I want to go back to something you said earlier, CIG has inferred that there will be impacts on you know, when we do that type of swapping out, components and things may be affected by it, right? Um, the, the power, resources, things mm -hmm. of that nature, which is something like in a game like Starfield, it doesn't seem like that's reflected at all. It just seems like you just kind of, if you want to put an exploration bay in, you can, or a communications bay, that's it. Um, you know, do you think that that type of modularity or that will be something that people will be thinking about later? You know, because as you said, this ship's very well, customizable. A Caterpillar could be, a dozen different configurations if they continue to put out these different modules. Will that be a factor well, for players? It, I, well, kind of along with that, I think that it's one of the reasons why the Caterpillar and even the Retaliator, which I know we'll get to, mm -hmm. why we maybe haven't seen their modularity move forward, even though we've been told time and time again the, mm -hmm. the Retaliator's coming up. And part of the reason I think that is because we've been told even recently in that resource management video which I'm, I'm glad digital master brought that up earlier um 
we, they talked a lot about how, like, if you have too many people in a room that's not meant to hold two people, then the oxygen drains faster. Mm -hmm. Well, how's that supposed to affect the retaliator with its, like, dropship module versus when it doesn't have a dropship? Is it now right. pulling more oxygen? Mm -hmm. right. And we know resource management's in development. So if I'm a ship developer and I'm going, well, what modularity ship do we put into production? It's funny that it might end up being the galaxy because i think that one's a lot more straightforward mm -hmm. but the retaliator to me actually brings up several issues mm -hmm. specifically in regards to resource management mm. um yeah so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out you know what i mean yeah absolutely okay yeah it, all right it'll be funny mm -hmm. if the galaxy comes out before the retaliator and everything like that it could happen though it could it's, yeah yeah it's interesting well i know we're going to get to that ship but if you look at it closely it's interesting the modules that they chose for the galaxy too yeah that yeah. kind of goes to the point you make yeah makes it make, make much more sense to me actually Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you brought the retaliator. Let's let's go there. Some of you may or may not know that the retaliator that well, we currently have the the bomber version or the bomber configuration in the game, um, but the retaliator itself, uh, when it was first announced, was announced of having modularity to it, and we don't see the modules go on sale very often. In fact, um, I haven't seen them go on sale in quite a while. And I, I, had to hunt, I had to hunt mine down. I have all of the modules for it. Um, but what they do sell is either the bomber version or the base version. If you buy the base, you get the bomber stuff included in it because there is no base one. There is no ship that doesn't have anything in the middle. Um, but the different configurations that we are familiar with are, as you guys hear, this is the rear torpedo bay with two torpedoes in it. There's a forward torpedo bay. It has four torpedoes in it. The right there doesn't show them, but that has four there. The modules that you may not be aware of is that there is a forward living area, living room that is designed to be in the ship. Other than that, there's also a rear living area that's designed for this ship as well. Interestingly enough, I remember when this came out, people talked about using the retaliator for VIP transport, believe it or not, okay? And then last but not least, a couple more areas. There is a forward cargo bay that is designed for this ship. There is also a rear cargo bay designed for this ship. And as Grim mentioned, one of the areas that a lot of people were anticipating and excited about was a drop bay area on this ship that goes in the forward section of this ship. So um, let me go with uh, Grim this time first on this one. You got any thoughts about the retaliator, uh, this whole modularity thing of it? Odd. This yeah. ship has the oddest modules i've ever seen <laughs> um i don't understand them um it to me i do look at the ship specifically as a you know long range bomber torpedo ship so i think any module in service of that is interesting i can even buy the habitation whatever mm -hmm. modules um, just because you can kind of rp that or maybe you know flying across a big system because i i do forward think with these modules to like let's take nix that's like 29 au or something it's mm -hmm. huge yeah you know habitation will probably start to come in we also know actor status tier two is currently being worked on the progress tracker which is going to be hygiene and all these other things so habitation may become a bigger player but when you take a ship that's a, a bomber and then throw a drop ship module in it it makes <laughs> no real sense to me it's it's 
even from just a targeting standpoint, and, and what I mean by that is if I'm in a, car, a combat scenario and I see a retaliator coming in, I'm tasking ships to that <laughs> to take that thing out because I know it has those big torpedoes in it. Mm-hmm. And if that thing's got a whole drop ship load of people in it, I don't want to be one of those soldiers aboard the biggest target in the verse, you know? Um, but, yeah, but that's this, my only thoughts on well, it. Just odd, ex- odd choice of modules. But that extends itself to this is one of those ships where, as far as we can tell, from the exterior, you won't be able to tell what this ship is doing, right? Yeah. So that yeah. that is a factor. Uh, because I know I bought this ship initially, but I didn't even know about the modules at first. And I bought it because it was a reminder, a very great reminder of a stealth bomber to me. And I was like, oh, that, I love this thing. Then I yeah. found that it had all this other stuff. I said, well, cargo, okay, yeah, maybe trying to get it someplace fast and everything else. But the dropship thing inside of it, I was kind of like, I don't know. It's to a pretty me, big ship to be using for a freaking dropship. I mean, it's not a small ship, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and to not take any time away from you, DM, I'll let you go. But I, I'll just go ahead and mention that, like, a, a module to me that would make sense for this ship mm-hmm. would be some sort of big electronic warfare mm-hmm. um, yeah. scanning yeah. Yeah. module um, just to help with its mission. Because yeah. I look at the ship's specific mission. You know what I mean? It's I feel like if you throw a dropship module in it, now is it really a good torpedo <laughs> bomber? And is it really a good dropship? You know, is there better ships that can do those roles now? Did you really just kind of make it mediocre in two categories instead of really good in one? Mm. I don't know. I mean, it's subjective, yeah. but that's sort of the way I look at yeah, it. Yeah, you, you told what I was going to say, but go ahead. <laughs> DM, were you going to say something? Oh, well, the only thought I had was, you know, just to your initial question, that ship just makes me wonder why aren't all ships modular mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. some way. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Well, let me put so widely different. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me drop a real bomb well, well, on you guys about this dropship module. I'm going to read the description for you. We put the link in the okay. page there for you guys. But this is the thing I want to raise to both DM and, and Grim if they were aware of this. Get ready for the amphibious assault. <laughs> <laughs> The retaliators, yep. the retaliators dropship module has seats for 12 troopers complete with safety harnesses and two heavy weapons racks in the middle of the lift. The outer ring of the base serves as an armory, including two grenade ammunition cases, four rifle racks, two sidearm racks. Get ready for this and energy recharge stations for all standard power armor. Mm, titan shoot interesting yeah (laughs) so i always wondered whether this had something to do with as fast card said the titan suits Mm -hmm. i mean that's what it sounds like we we don't we don't have a powered army in 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 the game yet so there's no telling i mean i mean it could be a smaller version of a titan suit maybe like a a regular powered suit and for anything because i I don't know a titan how how big a titan suit will be it might not even fit fit inside it so we have a a different variant of of a titan suit but um i want to go back to something that grim said that like with all these different modules for the retaliator and, and I, I want to say it came out in 2015 it is or something mm-hmm. like that but i mean there are other ships that serve the the role better than what what the retaliator will, will probably serve if they ever get these modules out so uh, i mean I, I i know people would love their ship I don't know any big retaliator um, lovers out there who would just, the, 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 oh, you? Okay, fine. Oh, yeah. So yeah, 
So yeah, so I mean, whether or not you use this chip with the module, because I mean, whenever you want to change on the module, that's gonna be that's gonna be a chore. Like I, I can imagine you have to go to some place like Cousin Crows in, in order to change on the module. So I think most people just keep keep a module in a ship and, and, and as is and, and never change them. So mm -hmm. can I ask you guys yeah. about the amphibious part? Any ideas yeah, about that? I was going to say something about that. I think, Jared, I think there was just one show ever to mention this. I could be wrong, but I, it was, uh, they were showcasing something, and Jared showcased something. It was either SE or I, I see with uh, water. And so, alluding to the idea that they were working on water gameplay in some fact, uh, in some manner. Now, I got to find that. Cause I know everybody's gonna be like, okay, I don't remember that, but I swear there was a show <laughs> <laughs> that they, uh, at least he alluded to it. It was no clear definitive statements about it, but you know, you kind of got the hint that that's something that he was trying to tease. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I'm all for it. Like, well, Hey, we got, me, we have, we have space, we have land. Let me, why not water? Let me throw something at you that later mm -hmm. on, when we get to the, uh, wardens, remind mm -hmm. me when we get to the wardens, I'm wondering whether this is a drop ship y'all hearing me i didn't uh -huh. say that it lands and you let people out of it <laughs> okay so we'll come back to that later all right but I, i'm really wondering if there's something more to this module than what we have uh what we've heard so far okay all yeah. right, so that's our retaliator. I, I, I yeah. will say real quick, mm -hmm. I think a little bit of the retaliators modules are a product for when, of when it came out, and mm. they tried to make the ship be a mm. bunch of different things mm -hmm. because they yeah. didn't have a lot of ships in the game mm -hmm. or even as many Back concepts then, yeah. as they have now. Yeah. Now that we're getting so many different types of ships concepted, mm -hmm. you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they may change things with this ship. Yeah. I mean, obviously not drastically because they sold these modules, but, you know, I, they, they may... I don't know. Well, let's, let's say this. Last year, that those modules were back on the mm -hmm. roadmap, and they pulled them uh, off again. They okay. started working yeah. on the uh -huh. Retaliator, which was the first time yeah. that they'd done that in forever. So they pull folks off of it, you know, whether they're rethinking it. I know they put a lot of resources into Squadron 42, yeah. so it may not be necessary, and, but... And John Crew has showed the, <clears throat> has showed the modules before. They look finished. Mm -hmm. Like, he showed the 3D mm -hmm. stuff. They look done. Mm -hmm. you know? Minus tech, obviously. But. Yeah, minus tech, yeah. Okay, Starfire, Jim, and Starfire and the Gemini, MISC, those MISC lovers out there. Um, yeah, is there modularity to this ship? Believe it or not, there actually is. I know that some people would be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> if you guys check out the uh, Starfire page, or the not the, the one now, you have to go back to the concept one, uh, there are these drawings, and these drawings show two things. Uh, the one on the left shows an actual cargo module that could be attached to one of the areas where the fuel pods are on this ship. And on the right, which we actually do now have in the game, uh, you can swap out certain tanks on the Starfare. Some of you may not even know that. The Starfare, if you go to a, um, what's the place called? Um, uh, I understand. Um, I can't remember. Cousins? No. No, the oh. other joint, the one that's in the in the in the set in the different uh, yeah. Lagrange points. Oh, uh, New Babish has one too. What's the name they? of the joint, y'all? The the place where you can get parts at the white and blue place. Oh, oh, Where's that? Um, no, I can't, I can't think. come on, <laughs> Chad, help me out here. Dang it, I forget. 
Which no, is not dumpers. Deeper. No, the the white and cl the clean platinum zone. Platinum Bay. Thank you. Thank you, Colossal. Platinum Bay. Yeah. Platinum Bay. Platinum Bay. If you go in there, you'll see that there are two different type of fuel tanks that you can purchase and swap out on your ship. Uh, but the cargo bay is the other thing that I thought was interesting. That if you're coming in mm -hmm. with a Starfare. A lot of people haven't thought about this ship, but especially if you're dealing with going to places where there are outposts or bases like that, to be able to deliver fuel and also deliver supplies. And it seems like one of those, like, what do you call those things? Like when, you know, when you're moving people, you can just drop the cargo thing on the ground and come back and get it later. That's what it seems mm -hmm. like, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, anybody, any, you know, most people just thought about these things as fuelers, right? Uh, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about this? Because it does have a big cargo area inside of it as well as this thing with these uh, these tanks. Was this announced when it was first, was this mentioned when this was first announced? Because I remember there was some controversy over the discussion of the difference in cargo capacity of the Gemini versus the base. Yeah, because the, the Gemini has more armor, Right, but, but it that, loses that, the space. It loses the cargo. It's supposed to lose cargo space right. inside. Exactly. But supposed that, that, to. That's the part, though, because you don't really see where it's losing the space. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's like, how do you justify that in the game? Yeah. Right. To, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it has this much armor, so the interior should then look different. Because <laughs> how are you going to tell me the base can hold this amount of cargo, but this, this it still looks the same in that right. cargo area? Yeah. <laughs> Grim, you got any thoughts about that as far as the design on the interior cargo area? So, interior cargo area, no, other than, no, not, not particularly. I will say specifically, though, in, the, in regards to these Starfare sketches up here, where it's showing that cargo bay attached on, you know, on the outside where the mm -hmm. tanks would normally be. Mm -hmm. um, as a Pioneer owner, I, I, I think about this a lot. And one of the things, I'm going to diverge just for a second, mm -hmm. but we'll get, it'll go right back to the Starfare. Sure. When the Pioneer Q&A came out, or one of the videos associated with the Pioneer, they were asked, does the Pioneer build things other than the player has? Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, can it build, um, you know, uh, you know, fuel tanks and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it was pointed out that no, it cannot. Those mm -hmm. are actually components you will need to bring mm -hmm. separately. Think like turrets, stuff like that. You'll need to bring that separately. The Pioneer doesn't manufacture those. That could have changed, but that's how it was originally concepted. When I think of ships like the Argo, you know, MPUV and all that, with the Starfare, the Carrick is another one. I'll talk about those when we get those ships. I would love if these if these module things were stuff that could be dropped planet side. So for example, that related to the role of the ship. So for example, it'd be great if the Starfare had fuel tanks that it could literally drop, drop. off at a, an outpost, say, hey, here's mm -hmm. your propane fuel or whatever you're using mm -hmm. for, for this month. And I'll come back and pick this up and switch it out with a fuel, a full yep. tank, you know, in a week. That would, to me, and, and you know, the carrot could drop off mo mobile medical clinics where I could go all day on this. But to me, that's how I sort of look at the Starfarer sketch there. Yeah. And, you know, even if it's just a cargo, a, a cargo pod that can literally be dropped planet side, because I, I, const I'm a, I cannot wait till we can build our own outpost. Mm -hmm. So in thinking about all ships, I constantly like see how they could be fit in to outpost building. And, and or like surface gameplay, sort yep. of planetary surface gameplay. And I think that would be really cool. And I could see the Starfare playing a role there because it's already an industrial ship. It's doing that role. I could see it bringing industrial components mm -hmm. to an outpost, mm -hmm. whether that's fuel tanks, right. cargo, 
boxes, whatever. You know? I love that. I love that idea. Jenner power. Jenner all I got to say. All that. Mm-hmm. All I got to say for the stuff is, like, I get, I still get lost in that shepherd. It came out in 2015. Too. Too. Now you're telling me that they can change the interior and, 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 and make me even more lost? No, thank you. <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> well, I will say this. I knew about the cargo area. I never thought about the tanks being dropped. I've always, because, you know, they talked about the fact that it's just delivering fuel. It could be water, milk, whatever it is that they could do. But the fact that being able to deliver those tanks would be awesome. I I think that would be a great thing. And And gives reasons for purchasing tanks. Yeah, and that's kind of what you see in the, you know, in that left side sketch there, you Mm -hmm. know, with those cargo bases. They're attached to the outside. So, in a sense, you know, that that ship is no longer a refueler, you know, it becomes something different, which is kind of interesting. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Well, you missed, folks. Hang on to your Starfire. We've always said that about the Starfire anyway. A lot of people, I think, <laughs> underestimated that ship a long time ago. So, yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into this next one on the, the, the Aegis Vanguard. Um, this one's another controversy. <laughs> Back in the day. Um, this whole show. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a show of controversy. Um, many of you have Vanguards. Many of you love the Vanguard. There's the Hoplite. There's the, was the Warden, the Hoplite, the Sentinel, and the Harbinger. And um, one of the incentives for the ship, other than it being a heavy, long-range fighter, was that at one point, CIG did this thing that they called Battlefield Upgrade Kits, or BUCKS, B-U-Ks. And people bought bucks. They were so excited about their bucks. As Bruce Warren said, he's got a buck. Helix says he's got a buck. Okay, everybody remembers the bucks. And um, I remember what they, what they were called before they were bucks. But yeah, I'm not going to go there. Let's go ahead. <laughs> okay. So Starbucks. Yes. So um, yeah, uh, CIG decided to once again put out variants, uh, four different ships. But then this idea of Bucks changed a little bit. Um, now, I don't, I, I never owned Bucks and I don't own any of the Vanguard series. So maybe one of you guys can tell me what the, the new thing is now, because Bucks was supposed to be, you could basically make the interior of the, except for the Hoplite. The Hoplite was the only ship you couldn't do this in. You, you could swap out the Warden and take a Sentinel interior and put and basically replace it. And if I th- remember correctly, there was also some weapons change out or something that could happen too with the with the front gun and stuff. <laughs> Do either of you guys know any details on that about the the Vanguard stuff, Grim? Do you know any of it, DM? So this is the one I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Okay. So maybe yeah. somebody in chat knows exactly what CIG <laughs> finally resolved them because what they basically <laughs> said was the original plan for Bucks was going to either be put on hold or canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, Bucks feels like a marketing idea. Yeah. Um, well, that's not the original name. They were called Field Upgrade Kit before, but yeah, okay. they had to change it because of, because of the initial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm totally speculating. It seems like something that the, the ship production team probably went, man, went, who thought this up? You know, isn't this just confusing? <laughs> isn't this just muddying the waters a bit? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not too familiar with it. It was a little bit before okay. the time I came into Star Citizen. So Metallic says that, yeah, it's just the center, mod- center module swap. Swap out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I so it's a, so essentially that. a fancy word for modularity. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, the, the, now, the interesting thing, though, to me with, with that, and I don't think this affects that at all, but 
would be if these bucks like change things like um like the armor level and stuff or i think this has been revised now but i I heard at one point like if a ship only had you know industrial components it couldn't be you couldn't put military components in it you could only put industrial but like if that switched that over Mm. although i think cig's moved away from that anyway but you know if it did something a little bit more than just being the modularity like if it swapped something out that you normally can't swap out that well, could be kind of interesting bruce warren said this and bruce hopefully if i'm, I'm quoting you so if, if i'm wrong i'm going to blame you but i know you're probably on point he says that this only worked with the warden so you mm. the warden was the only one that you could turn into a harbinger interior or a uh sentinel interior i don't remember he's probably right he's probably right because again i don't own it so but i know that that was the issue that you could swap it out um Mm -hmm. now this is the thing i found that was interesting which takes us back to the point i mentioned about the retaliator this was another graphic they actually had a thing called an airpod don't know what the heck it was um i think this is official CIG official, if I'm not mistaken. I've been trying to dig it up all week and trying to follow it out. But my point is that's something that's being dropped. And that takes me back to what I was telling you guys about the retaliator dropship module, whether or not that was something that literally you drop and go and leave behind, or maybe it is something that people just get out of it and come down the stairs and leave. I don't know. But I, but to your point, Grim, when you were talking about the Starfarer, being able to create these cargo models that we actually drop down and leave on the ground, um, I am curious to see whether or not CIG will use that type of mechanic. And I, I wasn't even thinking about it other than that one cargo pod, but you mentioned the fuel pods as well. If CIG would do something like that, first of all, it does do something from an economic standpoint in the game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, you know, if I'm dropping off fuel pods, you know, when I go back to Platinum Bay, I need to buy some new ones right or rent them well, or whatever the case may be or trade them whatever the case may be when needed i really hope that's the case like i really hope they go that direction mm-hmm. the good news is is they have set some precedent for it although mm-hmm. it's still pretty vague i didn't know about this specific example with the vanguard so that's really interesting to know mm-hmm. but they have set a little bit of that precedent with the carrick which we will also get to mm-hmm. because its pods actually do drop out and it's been confirmed they drop out mm-hmm. so i think cig is at least thinking about that from a functionality standpoint yeah they may not know exactly what to do with it yet but yeah. you know Mm-hmm. Like where I'm going with that is the Carrick could have easily just been modules that switch out. Right. They didn't mm. have to make them drop out modules, and they do yeah. drop out. They actually have, right. they have full, um, you know, pressurized seal, double doors, and all that. But mm. going back to this, it's interesting to see that they were thinking about that even beforehand. Yep. Um, because I, I really hope they go that direction. Shimpasta, do me a favor, throw that question in the questions thing for me, because I want to come back to it. I just don't want to address it right now when you asked about the Kraken and Privateer, because I'm going to talk to you about why I didn't include... No, that, that is the question. That is the question. No, I know. I want him to put it in the question. Is it in the questions list? It is? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, he did? Yes. Okay, okay. I missed the Shimposta. Thank you. Okay. All right. Yeah, and, and Griffin, you, you wanted to be reminded, reminded about something about the warden? Well, this was it. No, no, this was it. It was, it was the question okay. about the, with the retaliators. So that was what I wanted okay. to know, Okay. All right, let's go to something uh, else here. And this is a new, semi-new, but also old. And this is one of the ones I had a big question about because I own both variations of this ship, and it's the 600i. Um, as you all know, just this last year, CIG 
showed us that they're beginning their uh, rework and is bringing this ship up to gold standard uh, for the 600. I'm not going to base any of the stuff we're talking about right now on the new look of the ship. What I am going to base this part of the conversation on is what they've told us about the ship when it first came out. And and it can still carry into the, the where the ship is going to go. As you all know, when the ship first came out, it came out as the Explorer version. Uh, and the ship was touted as being modular, that you would be able to swap out between the exploration science version of this ship or to the touring version of this ship. Then once again, CIG produced <laughs> two separate ships. And so there is the exploration version and there is the touring version of this ship. Now, um, Grim, I don't know if you've ever heard my story. DM, I don't know if you've ever heard my story. Fast Car's mm -hmm. heard it, and my, our folks here have heard it a million times. This is the one ship I bought that I didn't care what it looked like on the inside. When I first saw this <laughs> thing flying, I said, I want that ship. Yeah. And so I bought this ship. This is the only ship I ever bought blindly, honestly, because remember the mm -hmm. commercial showed nothing interior. It was just outside, right. and that was it. So I fell in love with this ship, okay? Um, yeah. But let me go to you, DM, on this one first. Mm -hmm. uh, the 600i, um, do you own one? Have you flown one? Uh, yeah. What do you think about the idea of going from some pretty big extremes? It's not necessarily from combat yeah. to luxury, but right. it is going from exploration oh, yeah. to luxury. It's a big jump, actually. I have both. I'm like you on that one. I love Origin. Uh, I'm still an RSI first guy, but Origin, Origin is my uh, second favorite uh, manufacturer. But yeah. Oh, no, another one. <laughs> it's all right. You're in good company, brother. Keep going. <laughs> But yeah, I have both of them, and uh, I, at the time, at the time that they released this, I was on the fence because I only wanted. I, I'll say this: I I was only planning to get one, but I I liked the idea of both, mm -hmm. and I was actually hoping they would do the modules because logically you would think it'd be cheaper that way, mm -hmm. right? To sort of be able to get both, but they, like you said, they end up dropping both. So eventually, I just said, hey, I, I just like both ships and. It's gonna go ahead and get that, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it's a very, they're very different, very different functions, and um, y you start to imagine, you know, as you're talking about the different, uh, like the resource management pieces or, or, or aspect of it all. Uh, what would be the difference between those two, right? Because you didn't have more people occupying the ship for the uh, touring version mm -hmm. first, first is the exploration, right? So how would that work if they were gonna do that? So I think, and again, with this, I think it's just like the other situations where they kept running into that technical block where, okay, we wanna do this, but we're not really at a place where we can do this just yet. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's part of it, um, but I guess we'll ultimately see. But I uh, just wanna say something about the shape of this ship on the exterior. Mm -hmm. When you were speaking about uh, amphibious travel, this ship. Oh, we won't even go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah. Don't go there because you'll get me, you me on a freaking tirade. You'll get me on a freaking tirade. That is a, okay. a landmine. <laughs> yeah, that is a landmine. <laughs> it's a submarine. <laughs> this is a submarine ship. <laughs> yeah, I am a, I am a full advocate that the 890 jump and 600 should convert to being yeah. in water no matter yeah. what. That's just my yeah. personal thing. So don't get you me started. You can't tell me. You can't tell me they didn't plan that when they made this. <laughs> Grim, you got any thoughts on the 600 series modularity? Well, um, as you know, my contract with Jake prevents me from speaking on Origin. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, 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 the funny thing with the 600, which I think is one of the best-looking exteriors in the entire game, mm -hmm. I will say that in this specific 
Kate like uh, situation with the with the, especially when you're talking like VIP transport. Mm-hmm. It's really like a complete ship makeover on the interior, and that does truly feel like a variant and not a module mm-hmm. or any sort of modularity mm-hmm. to me. And I look at them very differently. Um, to me, this is more akin to the Kraken mm-hmm. and the Privateer. It, it's a bigger conversion on the inside that that, it, that spans multiple rooms, not just a self-contained modular area. Mm-hmm. It's multiple rooms, but it's all. But it goes even beyond just rooms. It's decor lighting, mm-hmm. materials, you, like it covers a bunch of stuff. So to me, this truly does feel like a variant. Mm-hmm. And going back to what DM said, and I think someone else kind of mentioned this in chat or, or solution to this, I think one way they could get around this whole resource management thing, well, not really get around it, but play into it mm-hmm. for different modules or, or, or anything like that. And like oxygen requirements, for example, would mm-hmm. be that the module itself comes with extra oxygen scrubbers or whatever. Oh, CIG, gonna, work. Yeah. yeah, whatever they're going to call them um, so that they can support. And that may be where they're going with it because we can't, we've heard CIG talk a lot about the room system. And I do think each room and or volume and by definition, each module has like a set of properties and statistics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of that may be power requirements, oxygen, volume, whatever. I don't know what they all are, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All I got is Go all I got to say is like the, the, it, when the ship first came out, like Griffin said, that the, the, they probably wanted to do the, the modularity thing, but it switched to having variant. I mean, why get someone to buy one ship and get someone to buy two ships for twice the price? That you know, that, that that's a good, good good from a marketing standpoint. Well, but also, um, but let me ask you a question. Though. <laughs> I mean, not to be funny, I'm, I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna give you this speculation, right? If they put this out as a modular ship, my price for this ship would have been four hundred dollars, but because they didn't, it turned into six hundred and fifty dollars. That's a big price difference by talking to me about modularity. Because, like Mm -hmm. DM said, my default idea is if you tell me it's modular, I'm automatically thinking I'm going to be saving money if I choose to buy that other module. Maybe I don't want it. Like maybe all I want to do is the exploration. But if I do want that that luxury side of it or the touring side of it. The most I'm thinking I might spend is maybe a hundred bucks, hundred and ten bucks for it. Um, I paid six fifty for for these two ships, and I, that's a lot of dough. That's a lot of dough. Is it six hundred? No, I'm sorry. These ships are four hundred bucks, right? Now they are. When they first came, yeah, out. They, yeah, they, they, they were out. like three, they, three fifty, three and three fifty, something they like that. When you got them, yeah, they were like mm-hmm. three and three fifty. You know, three right. and three twenty five. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, you know, I, that's why I wrestle with this modularity thing. If they're going to mm-hmm. deliver on that. If they're right. going to deliver on it, I know it's a hard pill to swallow, but I hope yeah. they do tell people, here's your module, right? Yeah, yeah. If you I, bought I, one, I, I, I'm a trash card, I'm I, telling you, they're going to hear no. some static. And I don't like to get yeah, 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 too yeah, much I, static, I agree. but, but they're going to hear some but, static if they don't drop agree, those modules. But, but I, I agree with, with, with Brim when, it, when, it said, when, he, when he said that they seem to be moving away from the modularity, for, at least for the 600 when we look at the concept. They're not there. moving the, away from the, modularity. The they're introducing modularity. They started working on the Retaliator last year. Then they dropped the Galaxy. No, I'm talking about for the 600, for the 600, with the, with the gold standard and the concept art. They seem to be, they look like to me they're moving away that, from that. That could, could be. I'm just, 
I don't know, man. I'm just not happy about and it. I, I don't think know. This, yeah. this specifically why I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we, we really do need, and it's relevant because they're selling ships every couple of quarters, we really do need an up-to-date definition of their idea of modularity. And there's some of these things that people go, well, they addressed that two years ago. It's like, but two years Damn it out two years ago. Things <laughs> change all the yeah, time. Some of these it. systems we need updates mm. on. Mm, you know? We do. Yeah, we do. I, and I think anything that involves real money transactions, i.e., yeah. these pledging mm -hmm. for ships, yeah. we should have the best information possible about yeah. you know what their goal for what modularity is. Because it's sometimes strange mm -hmm. to buy a ship with the hope. You know, for example, yeah. the Galaxy is an interesting thing because even on its page, it listed its three modules, but then very pointedly said and more mm -hmm. modules yeah yeah, yeah i mean yeah. The, and yeah. like that like i i, we, I know we're going to get to it but i think just um gates well just before he, he worked for cid he said that the, the endeavor had like 21 modules but we, we only know about like half of them as, mm -hmm. so far but yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah no, i totally agree with that statement because when you're dealing with the real money part you have to take that into effect you, the information has to be super clear i get the disclaimer you know you know that it cover you legally to a degree <laughs> but at the at some point you have to just be clear cut and dry with your message yeah. and what you're selling because mm -hmm. at this point like you're saying griffin you know if they don't deliver on that that's going to be a, a, a snowstorm yeah it's, it's, it's just <laughs> for some people it really is a selling point for some people they yeah, don't care yeah, but for some people it can't... is a selling point and why yeah. they can't address every single possible module that may or may not happen, because I'm mm -hmm. sure they don't know. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it comes down to vision. They've yeah. got to have internal white papers, you know, or, mm -hmm. or data sheets that specifically lay out some, I would imagine, some rules for when they're developing ships. You know, I mean, <laughs> we, we've kind of heard this before, you know, when, when I had... Paul Jones on our show, Star Jump Station, he talked a lot about that, you know, even before show, uh, before we went live, we talked a lot about, you know, these packets they have on each manufacturer mm -hmm. that list out some things. I'm sure they have some of that that's even a higher level, just, you know, on general rules for armament for ships. For example, right. I think this is why you don't see a light fighter with a size nine turret. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They've obviously got some rules in place. So it'd be kind of interesting to find out a little bit more what those yeah, rules are now. you know it's a good point okay yeah. well let's talk about a ship that a lot of people don't think about modularity with the argo npuv um and maybe and maybe it is because when these ships come out they this uh, these, this particular ship came out with both variants at the same time mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't know that this ship in lore is designed to be a multi-utility vehicle it's not locked to any one particular thing so right now we've got the uh, the cargo variant which you see here and then we also have the personnel variant and i think the first time we saw this was in the uh the the more murray what's it called the moray tour it was the, it was the guy moral tour yeah the moral tour yeah it was the first time we saw this being used and whenever you really see this and cig breaks it out it's usually when the idris is around because this comes with the idris yeah. um, but one of the things that people don't know is that the center section of the ship is designed to come out and they're supposed to have these different modular pieces for this ship uh which makes it pretty valuable a lot of people base the value on ships on whether it has a quantum drive in it and i think that that's a mistake i think that uh, some of these ships are going to be ships that are going to be workhorses in the verse this being one of them 
Uh, Grim, I'll go to you first on this, talking about the, the this particular ship, the MPUV. Yeah, 100 percent should not be a variant. This is a modular ship. Um, if it, I don't even I don't even really like to call it modular. It's mm -hmm. a ship that can carry different cargo pods. Essentially, mm -hmm. the ship is just the Argo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and and it can, has an attachment that can pull a bunch of different types of trailers. That's kind of how I look at it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, again, though they've already already kind of gone down a road with this ship, but I, so from a skew perspective, I don't see it changing. But I would hope going forward that any sort of ship like this is, um, you know, considered modular, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. or loadout. loadout I, it's, yeah. I mean, in, in many, I guess you could call it modular, but with this ship, it's really, it's really just ship to ship docking with a. Yeah. another thing you mm -hmm. know what i mean so i don't even know if i consider it modular yeah yeah dm any thoughts it, it's fully like it's fully modeled that way too like comparing it to for example the avenger like you can't really see where the module fits in mm -hmm. to the avenger you know what i mean where you would detach like what you would mm -hmm. detach of course you know mentally that it would be like the cargo area mm -hmm. but like from an exterior point you don't really see the connection mm -hmm. right but with this ship, it's very clear. So it's like they already have this built out in a way that is pretty official. So you, 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 I don't think there's a guess. Like uh, Grandma Santa, it, it's pretty clearly its own ship. is the MPUV, and then you can attach these different pods to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. FC, you got one of these? I didn't. No, I don't have one because I think we, we already used those for the, uh, the LCI tokens a, a while ago. But I, I will say, I think these ships are overrated. They should not have won best in show. Yes, I'm still bitter about that. They <laughs> <laughs> should not have won best in show. But Griffin, you said something interesting. You said, you said at, the, at the beginning of the introduction for this that people don't know that these are multi-purpose utility vehicles. What do people think the MPV stand for? Right. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that people know. I mean, I think sometimes basically just they base it around what we have in our hand right now, you know, mm. and, you know, if, maybe if Idris was in the game and you saw this thing moving stuff back and forth in it, and maybe people would see it beyond that. Or like I said, if the full function of the ship was in place, but right now for most people, I mean, I've role played with people with this ship. I remember back in the day, Colossal and a bunch of us would like be at Port O. And we, we know how like you used to spawn and you'd spawn at different places at Porto back in the day. Like you were either on the A deck yeah. or the B deck or C. Well, somebody would spawn this ship and they would go to all four decks and pick up everybody before we would leave, you know? And we would have a lot of fun doing that with this particular ship. Um, but, uh, but then once you get in the ship, where are you going in it at that point? You know, there was no ship to dock into or to fly right. inside of this thing back at that back in those days, right? Right, uh, right. But I was just watching a, a great video, a, a three-year-old video from Rexzilla, where uh. they did a party on an 890, and they picked up everybody in the personnel MPUV. And they'd have like eight people okay. loaded up in this thing. Now, mind you, mind you, here's something that maybe you haven't noticed. The personnel pod on this is the same shape and size of the escape pods that are on ships like the 890 jump it's an eight seater pod if you notice it's the exact same size and dimension of what gets ejected out so whether yep. this ship becomes the retrieval ship for you know escape pods later on when you arrive in a bigger ship there's a lot of functionality that we can see later on where this thing will again 
people maybe underestimated, but they don't realize this will be a very flexible ship later on in the game. 100%, yeah. yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the fact remains, this should not have won back in show. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to die that, y'all. <laughs> All right, let's go on. RSI, we're getting ready to hit the, the RSI family of ships. Um, this yes. one here, the Apollo. I know we think about modularity, uh, we think of a lot of larger scale things with the ships, but this one has some modularity to it in its medical bays. Uh, those of you who are into the medical profession, uh, you guys already know this, um, but this ship has uh, six medical beds in it. And CIG has told us that these beds can be swapped out. I think they're all tier one beds um, and they could be they could be swapped out to tier two or they're all tier two beds. I forget, but in order to get a tier three bed, which is the, am I doing it right? Tier, I always get this reverse. Tier three, tier, tier one is the best. Tier three is the worst. Yeah. Is that right, chat? Because chat always has the correctness every week when we do this. Because we always get it. We <laughs> always get it in reverse. Okay. Yeah. Tier one is the best. Are you? Are, we're sure about that, right? That's a hospital. Tier one is a hospital. Is that correct? Ninety percent sure. Okay. Yes, All right. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so you can swap out beds. So that, that's the difference with this. You can't have six tier mm-hmm. ones in it, if I'm not mistaken. Right. You can't. I, I think only you have, is is it? Oh, right. You can only have two. Right. One on each, right, um, one on each side, right? Yeah. So you okay. have to lose three beds in order to get a tier one bed in there, okay? Mm-hmm. But but there is that is the modularity aspect to this particular ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, DM, any thoughts on the uh, the Apollo? Yeah, yeah, I like it. I think that's a good idea for that ship because um, you know it, it's funny. I, I really enjoy the medical gameplay, even as it is in the game right now in tier zero, tier one, and I think um, it's a lot of fun as a game loop and so to have a ship like this where you you can you know depending on the size of your organization or whatever you know operation you're about to go on you can fit this ship to fit that goal specifically and i think that's awesome mm-hmm. uh like you said you can have the one tier one or two tier ones one on each side i think if it's a tier two you can have two in each if mm-hmm. i'm not mistaken yep. and three for the tier three size so I th- yeah and then you can have you know you can mix and match you can have three on one side three tier threes on the one side and one tier one on the left mm-hmm. and you know so you can mix and match depending on what you needed to do and i think that's just a great start as far as interior modularity goes mm-hmm. for a, for a dedicated ship because this is actually a dedicated ship so modularity within a dedication uh, or, or a career dedication i'll say so mm-hmm. i think that's really cool yeah. thank you colossal for that uh well-briefed definition. Thank you very much for tier three, tier two, and tier one. Grim, if I remember correctly, in your RSI video, you've got Apollo in there, right? Is that the Apollo in your video or no? Um, no, like I don't, do I have it? I don't think I have it in any of uh, Maybe not. the cinematics. It's, no. you know, it's definitely okay. I was, ho- I was hoping you were gonna say yes, cause I was gonna say, how come you have it and we don't, but never mind now, okay? <laughs> so I won't, I won't say that now, Sorry. okay? Um, um, yeah, but any thoughts about know, this one? Well, I, I think um, the internal modularity is really cool. And, and again, I hope that signals CIG's willingness to maybe let us put at least tier three beds mm-hmm. in the cargo grids of other ships. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some limitations built into that. I think that would be really cool. But I like what I, where I'm going with that is I like the idea of internal modularity, whether it's a pinball machine or, you know, uh, what do they call those sim pods or whatever, mm-hmm. or a medical bed, hollow mm-hmm. table, whatever. I like that. I hope they go all out with that. And I hope it's based off two things. I hope it's based off cargo grid being available or item port, cargo grid's wrong, item port areas mm-hmm. being available mm-hmm. and resource management, power supply working. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just touching real quick on the Apollo's 
variant, you know, because there's a triage mm-hmm. and the uh, medevac, medevac version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, to me, that makes sense as a variant because the, the reason it's a variant, and I'm sure Chuck can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, one of them has a little bit heavier armor, but mm-hmm. is slower. The other mm-hmm. one's a little bit more lightly armored, but is faster. So mm-hmm. that's stuff that kind of makes sense to be a variant. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm really happy with the approach they took on this ship. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was thinking the uh, they just did the same thing with the um, the Pisces, where they made the the the, the right. C8R has shorter oh, yeah. range, but it has a little yes. more speed. So yeah, you're having that type of variance. I like those stuff. nuances, and mm-hmm. then hopefully in the future, if as not only is components really mature but mm-hmm. subcomponents because remember components are eventually mm-hmm. going to have subcomponents mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i you know hopefully it's component and subcomponent switching and manipulating will let us allow us to adjust that and play with those ranges and oh, yeah. you know numbers even a little bit more because i love that they're doing that in ships you know yeah. the c8r being the most recent example yeah. so mm-hmm. it just gives the ships a little bit extra personality you know i think a lot of times they'll differentiate things just on oh well, this one's got two extra guns on it or something and that's mm-hmm. okay but for a lot of the player base that's not interested in any combat at all like i'm never going to get my c8x mm. into a combat uh, situation so, yeah. like the gun change doesn't matter to me you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i would yeah. rather some other tangible benefit from it all i gotta say about the apollo is that i hated what they did, what they did with the apollo in the last bsg series dm don't ban DM, me DM. don't ban me no 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 don't pay attention to him don't pay attention <laughs> to him <laughs> were you going to say something before we move on <laughs> no, I don't have you. I, I, I'm not into medical gameplay, but God bless people who are. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to our next one, then. We're still with the RSI family. And this was the ship of 2022 of great controversy. The yeah. Galaxy. Another the one. Galaxy. <laughs> Another controversial ship. Okay. Came out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting uh, this thing. This thing came out yeah. of nowhere. And even more of what came out of nowhere was the idea of modularity. Um, I think partially because earlier last year or late 2021, the retaliator was on the boards and then they took it out. And so people said, oh, well, they've pushed modularity back again. And then boom, the galaxy comes out and they say, hey, guess what? And it's modular. Um, Another point Grim mentioned earlier about the the small print about other modules coming. But there was another side of the small print that said, when you get this, there's no modules in it. (laughs) <laughs> which was a whole different yeah. type of thing where we're used to normally having some type of interior. Uh, this particular ship, there was like, there was a base, but if you bought the base, you just didn't get anything in it. Um, let's talk a little bit about the ver- the different modules and then we'll, we'll, we'll spit our stuff about it. Um, as you guys know, there's a cargo uh, module for this ship. And uh, we've got some good concept art here. And you can see it's a fairly large area. And this is the ship that... We talked about earlier that on the ins- as far as we can tell, inter- external will remain the same. It'll be mostly interior changes. Uh, then there's the medical side of this ship. Uh, same thing, you've got that center section there where you're able to bring uh, your people in, I guess, uh, tractor them in or whatever the case may be, maybe similar to the Apollo. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then there's the overhead view of that as well. We did do a verification on this ship uh, Colossal and some of us were doing some hunting, trying to figure out if this ship did have a tier one bed in it. And it does. This is the one ship that has all three. Is a tier one, tier twos, and tier threes in this particular ship. Okay. And then last but not least, 
Uh, for those of you who are into the industry side of things, there's the refinery. This was, a, I was a bit surprised about them putting a refinery in here, especially when the Odyssey had just come out. And then all of a sudden we have another ship talking about refining. Um, yeah. And again, there's the module section of that as well. We don't have a lot of detail about this uh, other than we know it does, you know, it does do refining. Uh, but we yeah. don't know very much about the uh, the technical specs on this. I think I think this refining can can be used in other ships. The Odyssey refining can only be used on the Odyssey. Correct. Yeah. Wait a minute. Say that one more time. The refining on the Odyssey could only be used on to to fuel the Odyssey itself. Yeah. Refining oh, on on the yeah, Galaxy you know can can fuel other ships. Yeah, yeah. And please forgive me because I called out the wrong ship. Um, mm -hmm. I meant the other one. Expanse. Thank you. The Expanse. expanse. That's the okay. one I meant. Thank, but thanks for saying that anyway. But yes, the Expanse was the one I mm -hmm. meant to say. The Expanse came out, then this came out, and it kind of was like, whoa, mm -hmm. you know, there's all this refining stuff going on. So mm -hmm. let's go ahead and hit on this. Grim, I'll start out with you this time on this one. Any thoughts about the, the Galaxy? Well, you know, the interesting thing about the Galaxy, and, and they kind of touched on this on something you just said, where, you know, the Galaxy can have no modules in it. The Galaxy is, uh, I think, where CIG has now matured in terms of their definition of modularity. And I think this is so a couple points to make. One, the, the ship truly doesn't have a role without its modules. It's just a, <laughs> it's just some engines in a cockpit, but it has no purpose. The modules give it purpose. So right away, I think that's a good way to go forward with this, you know, type of like single module modularity. The other thing, with it is that, um, you know, they had mentioned that there may be more modules. And, and the reason I think they mentioned, you know, that this is going to be the lead in to modularity is less specifically about it being the gal or less specifically about anything uh, with this ship over another modularity ship, like the uh, retaliate or anything. It's be, I, I speculate in here a little bit, but if you look at the progress tracker, this sort of seems to make sense. I think it, this will be the lead into modularity just because the ship development team is going into an RSI mode for about the next, it looks like 18 months to me. Um, you know, we already know that they were working on the Scorpius just recently. Now this, mm -hmm. this new Scorpius that's about to come out. They're currently it, literally developing the RSI links right now. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't, you know, they, and now the Polaris is back on the progress tractor to go into active development in April. I think that we're going to, just like Drake was last year and Crusader was last year, I think we're about to go into a period of RSI design and RSI ship work. And I think that that just syncs up well with, you know, persistent entity streaming, being able to support modules, being able to spawn modules from the ASOP terminal, because a lot of the reasons I think we haven't been able to do that mm -hmm. is because we don't have, you know, persistent entity streaming. So all this is kind of coming online, and I think it just worked out perfectly that the Galaxy is going to be slated in the production line when all the tech, you know, blockers yeah. get solved. So, um you know, I, I know a lot of people were a little, or, or some people were salty that, that the Galaxy is now the new lead ship for that. But I think it's just because if you if you do look at the ship teams, 
when they get on a roll on a manufacturer, very rarely do they just bust out one mm-hmm. of that ship, mm-hmm. one manufacturer ship. Right. You know, when the Corsair went into development, boom, we got surprised with, you know, the mule. Mm-hmm. We got surprised with the cutter. And, yep. you know, they finished out the Drake line. The only thing we don't have is the Kraken, and that's not going to happen right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're about to see the next 12 months being devoted to some rsi stuff As a matter of fact that, oh and you know they just voted on that new rsi i was going to say the mining ship i was going right. to mention it yep mm-hmm. so i think we're going to be entering and not all that will be active elements some will mm-hmm. be the concept teams but where i'm going with that is there we're probably going to see a bunch of rsi stuff for the people, next 12 to 18 people, months so i think have, the galaxy just kind of magically fell into that pocket people mm-hmm. have said for a long time that rsi needed to get some love because most of the ships yeah. that were in there other than the apollos were the earlier things so I'm not surprised that they're kind of bringing them update. DM, you got yeah. some thoughts on the Galaxy? Yeah, yeah, I like the modules. I like the, uh, I'll say the competitiveness of the modules. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know some people didn't like the uh, refining module very much, but as you mentioned, starting off, the medical bay uh, module is really, really good. You get all three. But even the cargo one, like that's competitive with the Caterpillar and the, um, as far as mm-hmm. cargo capacity, right? And uh, Endeavor. So it sits in a very nice place for that size of ship, I think. Um, so some really good options, you know, controversy aside, I think it's some really good options on that yeah. ship, especially if you're not a combat pri- or first person, even though I must say this ship looks like it. If there's any that should be combat, this would be one. Uh, it's a mini Death Star, right? But um, I I love the aesthetic of the Star ship. Destroyer. Yeah, yeah Star Destroyer. That's what yeah. I'm gonna say. So yeah, you know, I love the aesthetic of the ship, and uh, yeah, it, you know, I agree with you 100%. Grim, they do get on these, you know, ship manufacturer tangents, and I like it, and I think that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And hopefully, we'll and, see this sooner. Than later. And I think um, I think refining is going to make the whole refining gameplay thing is going to make a lot more sense when we're out of Stanton. When, again, Stanton is, and chat can correct me, I think Stanton's either 4 or 5 AU. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, systems like Nix are like 29 Mm -hmm. AU. These are going to be huge systems. Mm -hmm. And these some of those systems aren't supposed to have a bunch of stuff in them, like landing zones and stations. So Mm -hmm. refining, you know, places to take your material is going to get few and far between as we expand. And I think these ships are forward-looking. But, yeah, 100% with what DM said, you're not sacrificing anything by putting a module in here. It's not like the retaliator where you're getting sort of sort of a bomber, sort of a drop ship. Right. With this, you're getting a 100% dedicated ship. I know that's why, you know, Ender, one of the other people in Star Jump, that's why he loves this because because he wants to get into medical gameplay. And this is a fully featured medical ship mm-hmm. when you get the medical module in there. It sacrifices nothing. Yeah. So it makes you feel yeah. a little bit better about not only buying it, but buying all of its modules. Yeah. You know? okay. True. Very None true. of them really yeah. feel throwaway to me so what i think that's good mm-hmm. it, dm mentioned the, 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 onto that when i first saw it has this story about the 600 i store but i got burned badly by by the odyssey when it first when it first came out so i was tempted to get the the galaxy just based on the concept alone but i said no let me wait for the q a and i'm glad i did because i i i would probably we've gotten burned again but i do love the look of, of the galaxy and i, I would have definitely gotten the, the, the cargo module because you know i i i i, I, I 
that's probably the, the one that I would um, get the most use out of. But yes, I, I do love the look. And you know, the, the ship looks good when the TV station in Mexico uses it in that one, but two, two commercials for the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, one of the things um, about this ship that I worried about when it came out was to what uh, DM was saying about the look of the ship, and Fastcart said it too. Um, I think there were people who did kind of jump on this ship because of the way it looked. Mm -hmm. And it's still a multi-crew ship, you know. I hate to to break some hearts out there, but if you bought this ship because you want to fly it, and you want to do medical gameplay? I hope you have some friends because it, it, it is a it is a fairly large ship, yeah, and um, so it, it is it does lend itself for the multi crew side of things. And being yeah. and what I like about it is if you are that person who maybe doesn't want to buy three or four, like you don't want to buy an Apollo, you don't want to buy a this and a that, you can mm-hmm. get this ship. If you've got friends, if you feel like going to do some medical gameplay, boom. You do it, and then if you yeah, feel like yeah. you want to do cargo, boom, you can do it, and it's still the same yeah. ship, which is great. Yeah. Um. Uh, and 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 mm-hmm. like I said, I I do think the Galaxy is probably the best, you know, probably the best kind of um, window into CIG's current plans for modularity. <laughs> like you know, I was talking about, it'd be good to see kind of what their vision is. I think the Galaxy is their vision for modularity going forward and why it seems to make so much sense while the other ships we've discussed are kind of head scratchers mm. this is the one where it sounds like they've thought about this they've considered things like resource management role all those things and this is finally kind of the first one that we all go yeah this all works you know mm. <laughs> and, and again it, it helps them from a sales standpoint because like dm said where you don't feel like you're sacrificing anything that will sell more modules. Yes. You know what I mean? Versus yeah. someone saying, oh, I don't want this other module because it's just a waste. None yeah. of these are going to be a waste. You know, <laughs> if I guess if you could consider any of them a waste, some people might consider cargo a waste because it's just so generic. Hey. But, let's, but, let's, but let's be honest, cargo is going to be mm-hmm. probably one of the primary ways these ships pay for their own upkeep. You yeah. know? Very true. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I gotta say, I, I I feel you, Griffin, when it came to when it comes to competition or the co- comparison with the expense. I mean, th- that was an, another head scratcher. I I did I didn't get really get it either when mm-hmm. it comes to the that was fighting module. But hey, VR lab rat, yes, the Galaxy does contain all three tier beds on it. Yet to answer your question, yes. But yeah, there's something Grim was saying, though, it it really makes sense to me because we think about medical gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. When it first released. You know, everybody was excited. Obviously, first time it's releasing, you're gonna try it out. But it died out, right? Not everybody got it. You know, a lot of people don't respond to the beacons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Once they introduced Siege of Orson, medical gameplay just like people mm-hmm. are just more interested in doing it mm-hmm. um, because it, it, you know you have gameplay with it. So, Grim, you were mentioning like once you bring in these other systems, a lot of the things that we even already have now in the game are going to get more, you know, mm-hmm. function is, is going to yeah. be much more enticing. So, you know, you may look at that module and say, well, it doesn't compare super well with this ship, but at the end of the day, it's going to be sufficient for getting that particular job done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once we start yeah. to see these other systems. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that that's the way I look at it. Honestly, being in Stanton to me is a lot like we are, 
you know, we're we're living back home with mom and dad right now. Mm-hmm. We, we might have to we might have to take care of ourselves a little bit, but but you're also you're protected. You know, you're right, getting right. some meals cooked maybe before you get some of those benefits. At some point, when we venture out into these systems that are a lot more challenging, and we've already heard them talk about that a little bit, even with pyro having these like solar flares and stuff that can be dangerous. As these systems get more dangerous, a lot of these little nuances that don't seem important in Stanton are going to become a big deal, I think. Yes. Absolutely. All right, Things like like fuel rate, you know, know, all that stuff. I mean, it goes, you know, tons of stuff. And what I think we'll see less of is the current thing in Star Citizen, which seems to be, you know, how big are your guns, how big is your SCU? capacity you know, which which are two good things to always keep in mind but they're just going to be two factors among many in the future i think yes good point good point mm-hmm. all right well listen we are two ships away from the end here we're getting there and we're going to bring up an- another like you said fast cart another controversial ship <laughs> <laughs> no you don't want to keep saying that. you don't want to keep saying it <laughs> the anvil carrick. Oh, my yeah the anvil yes. carrick um <laughs> yes. yeah you know again um this ship came out. Um, it's, it, it, I don't know. The Carrick has always been a weird bird to me. I own one. Um, yeah. But it's like everybody's using it for everything it is not designed for, right? Yeah. And, and and I understand right. that because it's a cool ship to get in and crew and people feel like they're in their final starship. But God, <laughs> about only 20% of the functionality of the ship exists. And I really can't wait until this ship actually starts to become the explorer that it's designed to be. Yeah. But we're talking about the modularity side of it today. And uh, as you guys know, the Carrick was once a military ship and it was decommissioned into a civilian uh, ship now. Uh, But underneath it, on that graphic there, you can see there are three large containers. And uh, those of you who've been on the Carrick, you know, you can walk through them. There's an elevator, there's a catwalk, you can go down in them. Unlike the Caterpillar, though, they don't open up or anything like that on, you know, on the sides or anything. Um, But I want to show you an early graphic of this because Grim touched on this earlier, and it's that. Now, I almost hate to show this picture because this is the character that everybody wanted, right? Right. Um, The sleeker, slimmer version of the character. Uh, But what I do want to focus on is is the container, Um, that these containers are drop containers. And... uh, let me go to you, DM, this time on mm-hmm. this one uh, about the Carrick. What are your thoughts about the Carrick and those containers? What could possibly happen with those containers from a exploration size ship kind of thing? You think? Oh, man, I have to really put on my thinking cap here. <laughs> you know, because the gameplay doesn't exist yet, uh, you know, full speculation territory. But, you know, being the ship that it is, exploration, like I- I've been imagining, because first of all, exploration is going to be like probably my main gameplay loop to be honest with you because mm-hmm. that's what i'm waiting on so patiently um but i think so many things like because as far as i know this ship is going to really be catering to a lot of the different aspects of exploration which i don't know so much about science but i believe there may be some something there i, I have to look again yeah but yeah so so it's like you know those containers can be used for so many different things you know uh first of all we already know with cargo there's going to be the whole different types of cargo that you're going to have to move around the verse uh you know temperature control uh all types of different considerations 
And I think that can play a part. Like for example, if you are into science, and you, you know, you're trying to create new medicines or what have you, and again, full speculation territory, uh, you know, you got the medical system, maybe they will introduce something where you can craft, right? Cause you mm -hmm. know, crafting is going to be in the game, but maybe there's crafting when it comes to medicines. Mm. So, you know, you're out there surveying different planets for different types of uh, fauna mm -hmm. um, or flora, which one is it? Flora? Mm -hmm. I think it's flora. Yeah. And you know, just to, and then you have to sort of, you know, keep them at certain temperatures as you travel back to your base of operations or what have you. So uh, as far as containers go, I mean, that's what I think about. I don't know what other type of components you can put there. Mm -hmm. You can swap out with it. Um, the only thing I'm aware of is the cargo uh, containers. Okay. But um, uh, yeah, that's, you know, just spec again, speculating because right. expiration is not there yet. But boy, am I excited about it when yeah. it does come out. Yeah. Oh. Grim, I always think of that's what I'm going to put my boreal stalker in when I capture it and uh, <laughs> drop, that, drop that box off at my enemy's base and just let them go <laughs> running rampant. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts about those uh, those cargo containers underneath? Well, as, as, as a character owner myself, I, I go back to, you know, what I was talking about earlier with the Pioneer mm -hmm. and base building. And, you know, again, the Carrick has a really interesting ability First off, I think the Carrick, when all of its features are online, mm -hmm. will be one of the most useful and most powerful ships in the game from just a use case mm -hmm. and, and, and flexibility standpoint. But yeah. the Carrick is perfectly positioned to be that ship, and it makes sense that would be an exploration ship would be the one doing this, that can drop things off planet side, something that very other few other ships can claim to do because remember the modules like on the galaxy and stuff you do have to go to like the dry dock you know causing crows or whatever this ship can drop things off so for example one of the things i constantly think about is you know let's say you're a player building a hab out on some distant moon right way out in the nick system or you know some other system mm-hmm you may not, I mean, we have to be realistic. You may not have the ability in one fail swoop to build your habitat, medical stuff, a garage for your vehicle, um, power supply. I'm guessing base building will be a bit of a grind. So you might get one component out there first and then a couple of weeks later. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if with the Carrick, while you're building this base, the carrot could drop off temporary facilities for you. Mm. One of the things uh, I think of oh, would nice. be a temporary, like urgent care medical clinic. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a self-contained oh, box. Cool. Mm -hmm. Inside yeah. is a tier two or tier one med bed, mm -hmm. medical supplies, stuff like that. And I'll, um, I sent the video to you, but I sent it to you after the show yes. starts. So no worry, but I'll, I, I'll I did download it. I'm, I'm going to see if yeah. I can squeeze it in right now. Thanks no for worries. I, I can play uh. it in my window too. I'll play it right here. Nah, it's too small but This is a, you might be able to get it up, but in that video, um, back when I was originally working on, on a character scene for, for one of the cinematics, I had its box drop out and you can kind of see that here. These, this is from the actual game model. So you can see what these boxes look like. You can see how the doors open, but they can fit ballistas. Whoa. They're pretty big. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you factor out how big they are, there's really an opportunity here for something. I mean, these, let's say there's people out there who aren't going to build full player habs on some moon. What if they just needed a temporary living quarters type situation because they're going to do some surface mining on that planet, right? Mm. Or on that moon. Wouldn't it be cool to be able to set down something like this? You have your prospector parked next to it, but you yeah. have a living area temporarily on the surface of this moon. Now, 
you don't have a land claim or anything, so you could get mm-hmm. kicked off. UAE could come after you. I don't know. But I see a lot of flexibility for these things to be dropped off planet side. Again, that wouldn't be something completely unique that no other ship can do. And I think that's my favorite thing about the carrot. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm digging that. But a lot of people have actually never seen the Kerrix doors on those mm-hmm. modules. All, yeah, and, and I'll go ahead and say, big. as someone who has delved deep into the game asset file, mm-hmm. the doors <laughs> are there. They're already rigged. CIG has already built that functionality into them. Mm-hmm. They just don't. They just haven't flipped the switch. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's funny you say that because I, I went on, yeah. uh, I took the Kerrick out yesterday just to look, because I couldn't remember going down into the chamber. I always go across the top, you know, upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I literally, I hate to admit this, I, I went on the catwalk and just jumped over, <laughs> forgetting that there was mm-hmm. an elevator there, you know? So I was like really stupid, you know? I was like, okay, I kind of broke my neck jumping over this ledge, but um, <laughs> I got down there and said, oh, I'll just, I'll just log out. Then I said, oh, there is an elevator down here. But yeah. I realized how yeah. big that space was when yeah, I was down really there. Up at the catwalk, you don't sense it, but when you go down there and walk, from one side to the other, it's like, oh, this thing is pretty large. But, yeah, but and, your um, animation here and, really shows it. Wow. And while the box and while the boxes have open doors there, in reality, those doors do seal. So it can be like mm. totally pressurized as well. Mm. Um, but again, it could think of a lot of like we said, you know, I was saying like a medical clinic, but it could be, a, you know, science clinic. It could be like a little refinery pod. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you're setting up a, um, um, you know, if you're building a player base that is a, that's going to be focused on mining, mm-hmm. what if the carrot could come and drop off a, a refinery pod that's able to process so many, you know, cubits or SCU of, of ore, yeah. you know, per day or whatever, yeah. or a power generator. It could be a lot of things this could be. I've been playing a game called Planet, what's it called? Planet Builder? I forget what it's called now. But you build these mini habs, right? And, you know, they become extensions of each other. Um, and, they're, they're, and, and it, over time you end up building a base. But I was just thinking about what if, like, as you mentioned, if one of these was a like a living space, another one was a medical space, and another one was like a little shop, like you mentioned DM, some type of crafting or, you know, mm-hmm. experiments or something that you could drop on a hostile world as a temporary, just as a temporary, right? Um, you know, maybe you just, because of the weather conditions or whatever, there's nothing built there, it's a remote spot, but to be able to leave those on the ground your ship can take off and leave those on the ground and they, maybe they interconnect or you can walk outside from one to another. There's a lot of flexibility of what we could see that they could create for these drop pods, whatever they become, whether it's transporting vehicles, person, equipment, supplies, whatever the case may be. And uh, I'm thanks for sharing this, Grim, because it does yeah, kind of awesome. open up the ideas of, you know, not just the impact of the car from its interior, but the fact of its utility side of it as well. I never really thought yeah, about it it's, from that. It's probably one of the number one things when talking about the Carrick with other people that they actually didn't, they, maybe they knew the modules could be dropped off, but mm-hmm. they didn't actually know that there's doors. Like there's actually doors on both mm-hmm. sides. They on can open sides. up on both ends. Yep. Oh, okay. um, yep. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't realize how big they are. I mean, you can fit an entire ballista in there mm-hmm. with like room to spare. Like I'm not, I'm not <laughs> artificially squeezing it in. It's like fully, <laughs> like you got plenty of room and when the doors fold down, it actually creates like a drivable ramp and everything. So again, mm-hmm. they could do some really cool stuff with this. Okay. Uh, Rockstar said Planet Crafter. I think, <laughs> is that the name of yes. the game? Planet Crafter. Thank you. Uh, yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right. And as and far as I want to say, um, oh, I think someone joined or uh, subscribed on YouTube, Griffin, but I'm not, not oh, sure. Really? I saw the alert, but okay. I wasn't sure. I didn't see it, but yeah. Rockstar, thank and, you for the follow. Abyssian, thank you for the five gift subs. And to the person on YouTube, thank you as well. And I, <laughs> I, I think the, the, the concept for the, uh, the, the, that is a sexy concept. And I'm sorry that, um, that the folks did not get that ship. It looked like a typewriter and a fleet carrier had a baby. But yeah, but as far as the modularity thing, I think DM and Intelligent Graham covered everything. Mm -hmm. with, with that, that, but so, that, that's pretty cool. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to hit the granddaddy or grandmammy of all the ships here, the final one that we're going to talk about here. And that is the Misk Endeavor. Um, this is probably this is the, the only reason why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the the epitome, I guess you would say, of modularity in the game. Um, oh, yeah. What we're showing you guys right now is, uh, the, and by the way, the special thanks to the folks over at Star Jump Station. We're using their graphics on this and their video. Uh, we're not going to do a breakdown on all the modules. We already have a show that we've done on that. Please check that out when you get time. Also, visit with Star Jump. They have a great one on the Endeavor. You guys take a look at the, he goes way more in depth even than we did. Um, but this is the master set. Um, and uh, for those of you who, who have an Endeavor or if you have the base, um, you know that this is where it all starts. And depending on how you want to customize your ship, uh, as Grim mentioned earlier, this is probably one of the most flexible ships for configuration, similar to when he mentioned about the as he said, the poor man's version, the Drake uh, Caterpillar. Hey. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Don't do that. So, no. Let's break this down a little bit. We're going to give you guys a little bit of the history on this ship, and then we'll talk about the modularity aspects of it. Um, just got an extra check from Drake. Planetary <laughs> delivered to my bank account. Just <laughs> so our first thing that you buy when you buy the ship is the base. Um, this is the... Uh, I think this runs around $350 if you decide to back it. Uh, but this ship has modularity to it, as you can see. There's the Explorer cap that separates uh, from the rear structure of the ship. The, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? What it, not structure, but the, um, I can't even think of the term. Yeah, that's right. Like, no. you could say that. Yeah, sure. there's another word I'm trying to use, though. I'm trying to sound fancier than structure. Um, superstructure. But superstructure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the also the drive oh, there, area. There's the names, the, the there workshop. There we go, the workshop. Drive, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, and, but as you guys know, the ship can be expanded um, and, and as, as you build out. And there are four configurations that you can buy the ship in if you want to. Um, if you buy the base, you can get what's called the Discovery class. Uh, Grim, you know this better than anybody, so why don't you talk a little bit about what, what I'm gonna show each of the classes, then just yeah. kind of let folks know what each class is for. Uh, well, the Discovery class, if I remember correctly, that's the one I'm probably the most unsure about, is the one that's a little bit more general purpose science, mm -hmm. um, if I remember correctly. Yep. And it, it's yeah. because it's carrying more like general science and research because it's carrying the general science and research pods. Mm -hmm. And the other thing to remember on the on the the endeavor, this could change, is it's based off a grid system. It's got a two by three grid system. And that's what defines what modules you can place on it. So, you know, you'll notice the the general research and the general science pod, they're actually kind of big modules. Mm -hmm. So they, they kind of take up like you know, a grid and a half on each side. So yeah, these, this is, yeah. we want to emphasize that this, these ships are big. They're, they're, they're not yeah. small by any means. That's okay. The next one right. is our hope class. Uh, Grim, talk yep. about that one. Um, so the hope <laughs> class is really interesting in that it uh, is currently spec to have the hangar module and the hospital module. Uh, the biggest issue with this variant um, though, is the hangar. The hangar really doesn't work um, to its current 200 meters spec. 
um, that'll have to change. And some of my back of the napkin math, and you can see this in my star jump video that I did on the Endeavor. I think the Endeavor needs to grow to somewhere around the 300 meter mark. Um, I'm not one of those people that thinks it needs to be 800 meters long. I believe CIT <laughs> when they say when they say the javelin is going to be the biggest player viable ship. Um, but I think if the Endeavor grew to that, and if they had made the hangar a fly-through hangar, so essentially open on both ends, so ships could come in the back, fly out the front, it would solve a lot of those ships' problems. But mm -hmm. you know, uh, you're basically this is your hospital capital in-game medical ship. Okay. And this one had the tier one. Um, yes. Added it, I, yeah, I this is a, it is a full hospital. This is the only oh, other man. ship other than going to a hospital that you could go to uh, and yep. be resurrected at. Okay. Yep. And then last but not least, the Olympic class. Yeah, the Olympic class is supposed to, um, you know, tap into that kind of farming gameplay, which has been mentioned with other ships than just the Endeavor. It's also mentioned with Pioneer. If you watch the Pioneer panel, they mentioned farming gameplay, so it's not solely contained to the ship. However, um, you, you're supposed to be able to focus on, you know, farming and I'm guessing cultivating. I'm hoping that has a tie-in to medical, so farming, you know, mm -hmm. plants for medical use. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure some people will be able to use it for, like, you know, shadier purposes, which sounds really fun. Recreational reasons. Yeah. <laughs> botanical. Botanical. They, they sell the uh, Olympic class as, as having the four biodomes. Mm. Um, I originally kind of did my own build when I was, because it's something we want to bring the fleet viewer at some point as, a, as an Endeavor builder where you can build your own Endeavor. Oh, uh, that's nice. Modules. Yeah. But. One thing I was building was like the hospital module combined with the biodomes and like mm. separating those out because I thought that'd be really cool if you could like be creating new medicines and like yeah. stuff like that to treat patients and maybe in Star Citizen oh. those will be like, you know, potions or however they would be in an RPG, but you get the, the general vibe. Oh, yeah. And the interesting thing about the, the Olympic class is that you can take it under different star systems and have different um, sun rays yes. come inside the dome and, you know, go go different kind of plants or grow maybe go plant faster than in, in, in some um, environment than, than others. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. DM, give me some thoughts about uh, the modularity on this in your, in your mind. I mean, there's a lot of parts to this thing, right, yeah. that people can it go is. with. Yeah, like it totally like uh, it's funny because I think uh, Grim really touched on it really well. Comparing that to the caterpillar, how those these two are very similar. But I also wanted to add another thing where, you know, you look at the ship, it kind of is it, very similar to it's not similar, but like when you go back to the MPUVs, like you you can see clearly that it's designed, like it's purpose designed to have modules, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I see when I look at this, but. I'm very excited for the Endeavor, and I know it's John Crew's absolute favorite ship. He's looking <laughs> making this. this it's not. It's one. not. <laughs> no, I'm actually just putting that in the air so that maybe he'll start to think that way. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really excited about this ship. I have it. I am particularly very interested in the biodomes. Um, mm -hmm. or the or the Hulk, uh, not Hulk class, the Olympic class, was it? Yeah. Olympic. Yeah, Olympic. Yeah, so yeah, very, very excited about it. But I think uh, Graham covered this one really well. Yeah. And I don't believe they sell the. I, I could be wrong. I don't know if they even sell the the pre-built classes anymore. Do they, they don't. I was I was yeah. going to say that when it got to my term. They don't. They stopped doing that. That's why that now. Really, yeah. the only you know, thing I they did was the master class. That's it. Master set, right? The master class and the, and the individual module, and wow. then you, 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 and then you have to hunt. You have to hunt for the module. They're on like the the extras, like add-on page, and yeah, they're hard to find when, when, when they're available. 
for uh, you know um, one thing I'll add with the um, Endeavor is again, it's. I'm glad Dan brought this up. It is kind of similar to the MPUVs, the, the Argos, because it really is just ship to ship docking tech, right? And and we know that's something they have worked on. That didn't come into game yet, but we know they did. They did ship to dock, uh, ship to station docking, mm-hmm. and they did do ship to ship docking with the Constellation and the Merlin. But they did say specifically that that, that is different than ship to ship docking with the airlocks. Like they they said, they're that's right. two different systems. Yeah. But we know they've worked on it, and that's again not that the endeavor is going in development anytime soon. But that is kind of <laughs> one of its biggest tech tech blockers. Yeah. Um, but again, I think that's a tech blocker that's going to be solved soon. I I, I think one of the reasons we've seen um, not seen that come into game has had some stuff to do with persistent entity streaming. So again, I'm personally hoping that now with PES coming in, some of these little legacy items are going to start popping in, you know, over the course of the next year or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. too. All right. Yeah. FC, I know you've been looking forward to the endeavor of all ships. We also know this is probably probably one of the last of three ships that will be created from the list that we have currently it'll probably be a little while before we get it but uh you've been pretty patient waiting on this because you kind of have the philosophy of a lot of folks that you know the longer we wait on certain ships to be developed the better they'll be when they when they are right. finally produced right yep and i'm looking forward to it when it when it's eventually here but like dm said he, he tried to put the the bargain in john Ku's ear about this ship i don't think that's going to happen he, 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 the, the last thing i heard from john Ku is that he really loathes this ship so yeah. he's not looking forward to it but yeah hopefully it, it'll get done uh eventually <laughs> but yeah, i don't i don't have but i don't have just one i have two endeavors because i, I wanted yeah. to add the different modules to what, what's, yeah. what's, I, I, what's the configuration no, that you want to go with fc there was because you had a certain configuration I, I, you wanted to do i have i wanted the olympic class with the science and general um research and the crew quarters and the other one is the super super collider with the hang with the hanger module okay mm-hmm. okay grim go ahead we're gonna say um i was just gonna say i think the primary reason that you know, and again, I'm speculating, I want to put words in his mouth, but I think the primary reason that a, a ship like this is, you know, the, a nightmare for John Crew has less to probably even do with the tech, because in some ways, this ship is not as complicated as some of the other ships out there. For example, the Hull series, like the Hull C, had to solve some pretty crazy tech stuff mm-hmm. with the expanding physics grids and stuff that this ship doesn't have to deal with. Right. The biggest issue, I think, with this ship is these modules that we're seeing, like the biodomes, the research module, the hangar, they, they are... They're very complicated modules. We're not talking like a box that fits underneath the carrot. <laughs> Each right. one of these... I mean, just one of those modules is probably the same amount of work as developing a, a small to medium-sized ship. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this ship is actually probably like 10 ships that they have to develop. You oh, get what I'm saying? Yeah, so I think that it's it's more just the workload, not necessarily yeah. the tech overhead that the ship deals with. I think one point. of the things I mean, that we tell people... Happy. I was to say one of the things we I'll told- be happy. I'll be happy if they just give us the base model, like they did the retaliate base and 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 did the module till later. But that maybe that's just me because I, I don't I don't really necessarily need gameplay for for it to come out. But I know that's what CIG is trying to do now. Yeah. So were you going to say Griffin? Sorry, that's okay. Now I was going to say I think Grim, correct me if I'm wrong, but you talking about the size of some of these modules. Some of these models are pretty large. 
The hospital module for I think it's three or four floors on it. It's yeah. it's a, it's a huge. hospital. Yeah. It's not like some decks. I mean, it's huge, and I, I don't think that people understand the scale of of what. Yeah, and, and I mean they're thing. big. Even it's currently totally wrong scale mm-hmm. of two hundred meters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> they're big, and and it's, and and it's going to get much bigger than that. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. So. And not not just that the hangar module specifically it's, they they said they're supposed to hold two cutlass red and as you know the cutlass got bigger so they have to they're gonna definitely have to increase the um the the hangar the hanger um to, to fit those two yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's big you know I I I also personally <laughs> hope that when this ship is redesigned because it'll get redesigned pretty heavily. I actually think they're going to simplify a few things with it, um, but I, I hope it takes a lot of its cues from the Odyssey because I do think yes. the Odyssey looks fantastic. Yes, yes. And, the design um, change is yeah. definitely there. Yeah. Absolutely. As long as it doesn't have a, a, a small freelancer tag uh, view for front of No, I'm kidding. I'll be fine with that. Nail <laughs> slip. Okay. We got some questions, guys. We've got some interesting questions here. I think I can turn this off for now. And go back when one of my stream decks went to sleep. I've been sitting here so long on this thing. Jeez, OP. Um, <laughs> let's go to question number one. Uh, this is from Shimpasta. Shimpasta said, this is the question I asked him to say for us. Would the Kraken conversion kit make it a modular ship? Um, and th- now, the reason why I'm going to say no to that, Shimpasta, and you guys can give me your thoughts on this as well. It's similar to the uh, kit that's done for the Idris. And I don't think that the modularity for this or that happens in game. I think that's something that you apply to your ship. Go correct me if I'm wrong. Will those kits be applied in game or outside of the game? Because I got the impression that you can. I would, I would assume you have to go to Cousin Crows to yeah. get, get them applied. Just Is that like, what's going to happen I mean, with for, it? for anything? Yeah. Like, um, especially like a ship like Endeavor, I would have to imagine you have to go to Cousin Crows to, to swap out modules and, and that. So, yeah. But is it a module? Because CIG does not call it a module, they call them a kit. It's called as a kid. I, I, I still think I still think I consider the module, but maybe that maybe I'm in yeah, minority for that. I mean, in regards to the Kraken specifically, another term they've used repeatedly regarding it is a whole conversion. So, and, and that's and that's part of the reason why they said it wasn't just module um, a module thing is because it was a complete whole you know conversion, and it, it, you know that in much like the six hundred I it's because it affects more than just one place. Mm-hmm. You know, the privateer conversion affects multiple locations, not mm-hmm. not just in their usage, but even, and, and they mentioned this in their concept art during the privateer's reveal, but even in terms of just like random decor through the ship. And they talk about that specifically with the bar area that they want to put in the cargo bay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's not technically part of the privateer, sure. but, what I think that means is that the privateer is going to have a lot of different like stylings throughout the ship. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So they want to put a bar in the cargo bay and, you know, you know, the, the dragonfly bay is getting converted. So there's actually multiple places throughout the entire ship that are being converted. So to me that, that starts to fall outside the realm of like a module, a modular ship. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Impasta. Uh, next question is from uh, Up Your Shaft. Question, the Anvil Legionnaire would make a great evac emergency lifeboat. Any chance of that? What do you guys think about that ship since it's able to dock onto another ship and uh, remove, even though most times people boarding as a boarding party, but what about extracting people using that ship? 
That's actually. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that'll be good, good medical gameplay. I mean, I think CID wants us to use ships that they don't have, that they never intended them for. So I think that'll be a good example of that. Uh, I forgot, I forgot the um, the term for it, but yeah, I think that'll be a good use for that. I'm not so sure the the size of that ship, um, as far as being able to hold uh, the med beds, but I don't know. Maybe it doesn't even need that. Maybe it's you know just getting of, people off. Yeah, it's getting it. people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would kind of hope <laughs> they would have something to stabilize because when you think of you know there is a concept of bleeding out in the game. So yeah, yeah. you know, of course, you can keep administering drugs, but my thinking is something get in the line of a C eight, uh, C eight R. They can make it similar to that. You know. I think yes. They, mm-hmm. they could definitely sell it as a as an alternate variant or something, but mm-hmm. technically with the Legionnaire, all they have to do is in addition to hacking the docking collar, mm-hmm. just allow you to send requests to docking and that problem is solved. And now okay. just through emergent gameplay, mm-hmm. through the player's actions that ship can be more than it is. Yeah, they could too. and mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, they could package that fantasy up and sell as another variant but it easily could just be done with a feature um, another thing i'll add um from a question from or just a statement from bruce warren on youtube about larger ships are beyond cousin crow i'll just mention that cousin crows got its start and became what it is in lore because they um created the they worked with drake and created the privateer so they're actually founded from mm-hmm. big capital ship conversions the yeah. the smaller stuff they do is actually the newer work yeah. they started off as a capital ship conversion so and and they operate at orison because they they use the orison shipyard so mm-hmm. you know the cousin crows would actually be perfect for that i'm sure there'll be other shipyards we can go to but yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there's another check coming to Grim from Jake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> came in right now. Yeah, we, it was you a know, nice note they sent to the CEO. Sent me a great note about thanking me. So Let me throw a question right. at you guys. This question has come up about modularity in the verse. Like, what is it going to take to swap out modules in game? Um, will you have to go to a Cousin Crows type of place? Um, if your modules happen to be uh you know at um crew l5 for example but you happen to be in pyro um does that mean you have to go back to crew l5 to get your module swapped out or can you have it transported to a location and do it from there what do you guys think because you know this great sounds great to have all these modules but you're only in (laughs) one place and if you're five systems away from where your stuff's at maybe it doesn't do you any good is that is that going to give some reason concern good that's great graham Okay, thank you. I, I think it'll take UEC and time. <laughs> the, okay. the, in, in my opinion, it's UEC and time. And you know, I, I think you have to have it. The module ship ship to wherever you you're getting the conversion done, or maybe they have some kind of service to 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 bring the module from with your permission from wherever it is to to wherever the cutting crows or whatever um you're having it done is and, and getting it done there. So, so moving models and, would be and, like and, moving and so moving, they'll be like moving ships because like, they talked about how you could have ships brought to locations. You're saying modules would be the same way? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, in my opinion, I think so. Okay. Okay. All right. Another question from MT Stunner. What role do you think the manufacturing module in the galaxy will have? Um, 
Did they talk about a manufacturing that, module? They mentioned that's that. one of the, they did. Yeah, that, that's one of the modules that you know had it wouldn't show, but it's like one of the twenty-one modules that they have um, yeah. in plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I can give you my thoughts on that real quick because mm -hmm. I've specifically thought about that module. It's actually one of the ones I'm most interested in. <laughs> Again, I'll go back to that um, that Pioneer stuff. I keep bringing up. We're going to need things at outposts and it goes even beyond outposts but i'll just use outposts as an example we're going to need things like you know um you know complicated pieces of machinery like um solar panels stuff mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. stuff that they have at least up till now stated that the pioneer doesn't technically build mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like take solar panels right or um communication antenna arrays or something for your base right um that type of stuff would be great to see done on the other side of that, so let's say that needs to be done with a capital crafting ship. If if we do need to go smaller, I would personally love to see them do crafting for um, for weapons and, and armor and and um, like add-ons to certain vehicles. Like for example, um, you know, it, it would be interesting if you could um, create or. <laughs> Or maybe it's just all the smaller components, like the decor for ships and bases, right? So, like, the things to create beds mm -hmm. um, or hab pods or whatever, mm -hmm. the things to create kitchens and stuff like that. Because we don't – while they've showed us outpost building using Rastar, they actually haven't gone into any detail about the – I'll call it furniture, but, mm -hmm. you know, the parts and pieces within. They've When they've spawned – the the module section or the the habitat sections with Rastar so far, mm -hmm. they automatically populate with things, yeah. which I mm. bet is not intended. That's probably yeah. intended for the NPC outposts, but for player outposts, we're probably going to have to work for that. And I could see the manufacturing module playing into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. DM, you got any thoughts on that with the uh, manufacturing and things you'd like to see? Oh, well, pretty much that, like, uh, allowing players, like, that just makes me think of industrial gameplay. Like, I forgot the doc. It's an old, very old doc that's still on Spectrum that talks about the professions mm -hmm. and that we're always playing. Yeah, careers, yeah. Yeah, careers. And the fact that you can have your own, you know, um, factories, all this stuff, like, being able to create things, like, that's a whole aspect of the game we haven't heard much about. Mm -hmm. So uh, just when Graham is talking about the manufacturing, like, there's so much opportunity there. Because we're talking about the NPCs doing things for us, like we mentioned time and money, like, you know, at uh, Cousin Crow's having to wait for that module to be put into your ship. But what about players buying a factory that can do this and it can be a manual process oh. that players can do that can be yeah. done faster than the NPCs, right? Yeah. So yeah. just some thoughts there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then you have to then you have to trust the player not to do their yeah. stuff. <laughs> well, I was thinking, well, they, yeah, last you create week, contracts for that. Last week they were talking about how crafting is now. You know, when we when we saw this thing happen with the vulture, that was their first introduction to crafting, being able to create the multi tool. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. so, I, to Grim's point, uh, when the pioneer came out, I remember there was an ISC later on where they were showing all the different props and things that you'd be able to do. When, I guess this is when we start being able to set up your own bases. Yeah. But they talked about how there'll be some things that will be manufactured and you have to have them transported uh maybe mm -hmm. a landing pad things of that nature but then there yeah. are other things like generators solar panels uh other types of fixtures things like that that could be again you know chris roberts is always at least to me i'm, I'm this is my vision y'all i'm not my vision what i what i observe 
it seems like Chris has pieces of the puzzle that he wants to all come together to work together so that there's yeah, not I mean, this one Frankenstein ship that does everything. The pioneer right. is good for building bases. That's its thing, yeah. building facilities. But then maybe you've got this galaxy with manufacturing that can bring in those other things that start to build out your base. You know, then yeah. sometimes you've got to freaking bring a freaking whole C to bring in landing yeah. pads. You know, these all yeah. these different things work together in the Absolutely. game. So there's not one thing that does everything, you know. Yeah. Uh, a great way, um, place that... <laughs> Sometimes I go to the idea of like, you know, think like Grand Theft Auto or any game like that, where like you go to the tuner shop, right? And you're, mm-hmm. you're putting things on your, your car to like soup it up. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think we'll be able to do that because CIG and their ship files, someone who's <laughs> looked into them deeply, they're extremely complicated and they're very fixed. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of room for changing, the, especially the exterior, because a lot of what CIG does for flight dynamics and stuff is based off that. But where I think they could do ship tuning is through what I mentioned before, these subcomponents, mm-hmm. because they're not a thing that you see. They're not like attached to the outside of the ship. They're a little data card that goes in your component. I could see a manufacturing ship being able to manufacture mm. like new types of ship components that maybe give your quantum boost or your quantum travel a lower cooldown or whatever mm-hmm. little thing you think of to further customize your ship. You know, they've talked about subcomponents. They've never really gone into depth of like, how do we buy those or outfit them or what to say? Uh, so I would love to um, see that maybe play into manufacturing because because we've got to remember components aren't unique to just ships. We've right. we've heard that they will be in you know bases Buildings, as well, vehicles, everything. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And don't sure. forget, by the way, the Carrick. Some of you guys remember the Carrick has a repair shop in it. So yes. there's another thing. We don't know what these these other modules could be for repairing yeah. things. There's all types well, of cool stuff that could come out. A lot of people sometimes look at that little 3D printer thing in the mm-hmm. Carrick and, and wonder, like, you're not, you can't get the Carrick's components in there because they're too big. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, that's for the subcomponents. Those are those little cards you're going to pull out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there, there's there's a lot of cool stuff they could do there. Yep, absolutely. Okay, another yeah. question we've got from Shim Pasta. And we've already kind of touched on this, so hopefully he's happy with what we did. Uh, how d- does the size of the modules on the carrot compare to the modules on the size on the caterpillar? <laughs> so, uh, Grim, I so think that we would say they're a little bit bigger on the carrot. Is that right? Probably, probably a little bigger. Um, I, I would definitely say they're wider. They got bigger openings, so, and, and they're and they're taller. Mm-hmm. So they're bigger overall. I just don't know how much bigger. Um, yeah, I mean, you could probably be able to tell because like i said before the ballista fits very nicely into the the carrick's modules mm-hmm. so you could go into fleet viewer a star jump fleet viewer and go to the top down view spawn a uh, caterpillar and then spawn a ballista and that should give you a little bit of a measuring stick for you know how much bigger they are mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. All right, and that's something we are in talks me and starlet um with the star jump fleet viewers we're actually talking about ways to visualize modules changes on ships it's still mm. in the early phases but we're looking into it nice mm-hmm. nice yeah. i'm gonna put the link to the fleet board and chat for you so hang on there you go. thank you very much and last but not least from rockstar uh i'm new to star citizen but is there an expectation to establish colonies in the future if so maybe the endeavor olympic build may be instrumental for that purpose 
Uh, DM, I'll let you hit that a little bit. Talk a little bit about the future that the uh, Sarah uh, might might be going down. Yeah, I, I personally think so. I have to, because I don't remember everything. I try to digest every <laughs> bit of information that CIG puts out, but they put out so much information that it's... Yeah, like, that's a problem. <laughs> that's part of the problem, right? But yeah, I, li- I like to believe that that is absolutely the plan. Uh, we, like uh, Grim just said, we have the Rastar tool that will be utilized for us with base building in the future. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to think if there's going to be base building, then, you know, we'll be able to go out into the farthest reaches of space, land on some planet that is, you know, not very inhabited and create a base uh which can be a combination of different buildings not just one so i would like to think so and you can take you know you and your org out there and create a base i don't know how it's going to happen how they're going to make it work um i know we had land claims before so i know Mm -hmm. that's a starting point as far as like basing it off of ideas that CIG has come up with Mm -hmm. i I don't think we've heard much more about the land claims in a while but Yeah, the idea there was that you would place the land claim, of course, in monitor space, uh, where it can be honored. I mean, you can do it in monitor space. It was just get stolen, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, the last the last we heard, that that plan is still intact, and that wasn't too long ago that we heard that. Um, again, something to pay attention to pretty regularly, but. Right, but the land, but the land claims though that was actually the only reason why you even need the land claim though is just so that it could be. Uh, honored by the UE or whatever. Right. right. Yeah, so and, that, even for protection and yeah. things like that. You're, you're but early. that, you know, directly goes back to what, you know, you were talking about, DM, regarding the Carrick and, mm-hmm. and, and its exploration capabilities. Mm-hmm. You know, in the original Pioneer panel, they specifically mentioned the Carrick and the Freelancer Durr mm-hmm. and another ship. They specifically mentioned those ships as the ships that you will send out to scan those land claims, right. see okay. what minerals are there and all that, and then that will take that data and then you bring your pioneer. You bring your pioneer. Oh, one additional point I'll make though, when we're talking about all these, you know, possible bases and stuff, which is really the ultimate modularity. But remember, it's something like the Endeavor, um, and I would put the Kraken in this this category as well, even though it's not a module modular ship. You know, that might be your home. Remember, ships may be your homes too. Not everyone's going to want to build a planet-side base. You know, and the Endeavor really looks to be one of the ultimate home away from home, like space stations, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I think if they put a new module in there, as a matter of fact, I think if they did away with the hangar module and did more of an open deck module that two or three ships could land on, uh, maybe like above or below, um, Mm -hmm. I'm sort of elevator system mm-hmm. combine that with you know biodomes and maybe just a general and there is a general habitation there is a crew habitation mm-hmm. module that's right yeah it sure is. immediately you have a player outpost it's just in orbit you know again i put the crack in with that as well it's pretty much a space station so yeah, yeah. Right. very good point yeah. so and, i so going to that i would say that i think if they were going to add any more modules to say like the endeavor um you know maybe some modules that tie more into long-term habitation you know what i mean yeah. and, and when yeah. i say long-term habitation i'm talking about sorry, systems that like to create water to create power you know what i mean through solar panels or whatever sorry go ahead Fascar. no problem uh i think my definition of modularity probably is broader than uh my, my co-host here but i i, I think like the suit the like 
I think the whole series is kind of modular, in, in my opinion, because even though it's not internally modular, you, you get to add all those um, cargo containers on the, on the outside. But um, one thing that I hope will be modular in, in the future, the Titan suit. You can crop out different components on a Titan suit. I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing that. Hopefully that'll be modular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to say to uh, Rockstar, you know, we, we've kind of been, there's been a slow progress to this idea of, of outposts and colonies, you know, and it started out with just something as simple as a base on a moon. Um, and, and then we've seen it expand further uh, beyond those bases to the places where we now do our bunker missions. Um, then we've got the derelict sites. And now uh, we've seen from the what they've shown us in Pyro coming up, where there will be the actual NPC outposts, where NPCs uh-huh. will be living. So there is a progression toward us moving toward that, and CIG has definitely hinted to us for players to be able to have their own residences because of land claims, because of the Pioneer, uh, even because of the old rock video. When the rock came out, the family was living in their own little, little pod, their little habitat there. So it is, I think, on the chart uh, for CIG. And- and another thing to point out for that is, and they've mentioned this a few times, the procedural planet tech was developed oh. with land claims in mind. Mm-hmm. The, the planets are actually subdivided up by parcels already. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That's something, uh, I believe it was maybe Tony Zerovic or Todd Pappy talked we about. Talked about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We have hit the bottom <laughs> we have finally gotten through everything for this week's show we've had a lot of information to cover and uh some great information and great knowledge from both dm and grim and from Fastcart regarding modularity so thank you guys for all that information thank and you guys for all the great questions MT thank you for the five gift subs thank you for those gift subs and uh nightingale thank you for the resub earlier i'm sorry i missed you crypt cryptic shot thank you for the follow as well uh, thank you guys so much for the follows and all the subs and stuff. Uh, let's talk about what we have coming up. We're going to talk about, of course, Soul Citizens merchandise. If you guys are interested in it, we've got some cool stuff out there. You can find mugs and hats and keychains and water bottles and cups and all types of stuff. Uh, and I'm going to lead that because next week we're going to be doing some giveaways of many of these items. Uh, because next week is a very special week for us. And that is going to be that next week is our, believe it or not, our third year anniversary and so hopefully uh you guys will be able to join us on next sunday at 8 p.m eastern time and uh, many of those uh friendly faces that you see there will be here next week and uh, you'll get to hear us talk about what it's been like to uh listen to fast cards jokes for three years and so hopefully you guys will it's been wonderful come and join us uh, for that um and uh, we're also going to just invite people, by the way, D- Digital Master and Star Jump. If you guys have nothing to do, if you feel like dropping in and saying hi, feel free to do it. We're going to have just kind of an open channel for some of the our guests who've come by in the past. If they want to come by and just give us a shout. So that'll be next week. Um, let's see. Uh, Fast Card, why don't you tell everybody about what we got coming up this week? 
on Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. UTC. I don't know when, when time change is going by. It won't be by that time, but so 2 a.m. UTC, we have Soul Talk. That's where we talk Star Citizen and the community. Um, it's a group discussion. We talk about SCL, ISC, and and uh, the Comlink, and Dirt Track, and whatever else is going on that week. So yes, yeah, come on by and, and come talk Star Citizen with us. That's Tuesday, Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. UTC. And we do our other show on Saturdays at 3 p.m., Soul Voices, which is our one-on-one -on -one show where you get to come in and talk with us directly about topics from Spectrum and Reddit in the gaming industry. So you guys can join us on Saturdays at 3. Um, before I re uh, reiterate next Sunday's show, our anniversary, I did forget. Well, I didn't forget. I kind of said I wasn't going to do it, but I put in the work. And so I am going to do it. On our chart, we had a list of what people in the community have suggested for different modules so i'm going to run through this list very quickly because we're already over time okay but people have listed cargo modules mining modules salvage modules science modules zoological modules weapons modules marine modules hydrogen scoop modules fuel modules submarine modules that's interesting defense <laughs> modules power modules shield modules repair modules fabrication modules probe modules missile modules Hanger modules. Those are all the ones that have come from the community. And we'll put the link in chat, Fast Card, if you can drop the chat, if you guys want to see where that came from, because they actually have descriptions for all of those. Um, but maybe there's some module ideas that you think are cool that you want to toss into that list. Hey, put it out there. Maybe CIG will actually say, hmm, that's a pretty cool idea. So yeah, I want to put that in for you guys. And again, next Sunday, uh, March the 5th. Yes, March the 5th. We'll be in the middle of the month, the month of March. We will be having our anniversary show. Hopefully you guys will be able to join us for that on next week. Once again, I want to give a special thank you to Star Jump Grimm and to Digital Master who both joined us today, guys. Thank you guys for thank making you. the time. Yeah. I know there's a lot of information for you guys to go over. Uh, we'll have to, I don't know, we'll have to get you a Drake shirt and Digital Master will get you a RSI <laughs> shirt or something. I don't know. Um, we'll have to do something for you guys. In game, mind you, in game. You know, in game. Uh, but... <laughs> We'll have to do Thanks something for you guys. Stuff. No, oh, yeah, thank you guys so here, much for, sure. for all the information. We are going to do a raid. I'm trying to see if this person is still on because with my luck, I've been, my raiding luck has been really bad recently. I've been sending raids <laughs> I'm, I'm to people who too. they end their raid like within five minutes of the end of the show. And <laughs> the person I actually had, I don't even see them anymore. Uh, Good googly moogly. Is she still there? <laughs> I think she's gone. Okay, it looks like we're gonna do. You got a name? Uh, hey, there was a, a uh, there was a female streamer that I was trying to do. I think she shut down. So let's go with. Uh, oh no, we'll go with Matt Nash. Yeah, that, that's what I was looking Is at. Is that who you were looking at? All right, cool. So we're on the same page. All right, we're gonna go send you guys over to the raid with Matt and Nash. We always try to help out some streamers who are just getting started. So. Uh, when you get over there, send some love. Let them know you came from Soul Citizens. And if you like what you see, of course, follow them. And again, don't forget to follow Digital Master. Tell people where people can find you. Uh, YouTube is my main location. I do some TikTok as well, but YouTube is my main domain there. All right. And do, do they need the 1372 find you or just Digital Master now? Actually, Digital Master Gaming is the official name. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Grim, uh -huh. Grim, where people can find you? 
Um, we have a Star Jump YouTube channel. You can just type Star Jump, Star Citizen, you're going to find us. Um, we have uh, StarJumpFleetViewer.com. It's our Fleet Viewer. Go check that out. And then both myself and Ender both stream here on Twitch on Star Jump underscore Ender, Star Jump underscore Graham. There's Star Jump shows on both those channels. So. <laughs> and don't forget there to check go. out Hangar Link. Don't forget to check out Hangar yeah, Link with them as well, guys. Great tool app. for us. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. As always, thank you guys. Take safe. Take care of yourselves. As always, peace, love, and soul. Don't forget to give a shout out over at Matt and Nash. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Have a great week. Peace out. Take care, Earl. Thanks, everyone. That rocking chair would look great in our new house. Our new house, eh? Well, you should definitely see how Geico could help you.